Hello, beautiful people. It is officially Hard Knocks is going to be a masterpiece this season. Wednesday, August 10th, 2022. This sports show begins now. Here we go, Hi, baby. Last night's debut of Hard Knocks with the Detroit Lions for this training camp at 10 p.m. Eastern, which pissed off a lot of people with how late it is running. A lot of people in Detroit saying, I got a job tomorrow morning. That's right. That's they want right. me to watch the team that I love in the city that I love, which is a blue-collar city, and they want me to stay up till 10 p.m. to watch this team. They need to move that earlier. I don't know about any of that or the scheduling conflicts that HBO might have with that entire maneuver to make it happen, but if you're watching it at 10 Live or you're watching later on uh, HBO Max or anywhere, it does not, it is going to be fucking epic this yeah. season. Everything we had thought, everything we had hoped. Now, there was no coffee bong or coffee funnel, mm. depending upon where you were from, with MCDC in his office. But to be honest, we haven't seen his office yet. Mm -mm. So that could still be on the way. MCDC is electrifying. He gave numerous speeches. One of them in the leading team meeting of training camp. The one where you're going to set the tone for the team. Here's the rules, man. All right. Here's the rules. Don't be late. Nope. Don't be overweight. Respect the game. Respect the shield or something. <laughs> yeah. There's the rules. All right? Don't be late. Don't be fat. Respect the game. Respect the shield. Yeah. That's all I need, man. Then he also told a story about how he doesn't care if you have one ass cheek and three toes. Nope. They will still beat your ass. We'll fight you here. We'll fight you there. We'll fight you in a landfill, man. Landfill. Man. And then whenever he, uh, whenever he's going to wrap it up, you know, I think he was talking to the guys. They cut out a little portion of the speech. He was talking to the guys about the end of training camp and then the season. He said, I like the end of the tunnel. That's a freight train, man. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. And all the Metallica fans were losing their minds on Twitter saying, hey, that's about... Hell and yeah. then at the end, <laughs> uh -huh. at the end, Hard Knocks brought it all together with mm -hmm. that song playing while they're training. There were some moments that made me go, oh, this is a movie. Like, this yeah. is... This is how people think training camps are supposed to go. This is exactly what training camp in like fairy tale worlds would be. Bunch of meatheads running around doing 40 fucking up downs Jesus. before practice. They got the 10, then they got the 20. What? And I, every single time, 25 they got to, I'm like, gotta be 25 is the max. They get to 29, they get to 30, they say 10 more. I was just thinking to myself, accidentally fucking around and saying, I'll do them with you guys in unity and then finding out after 10, oh, we're doing how many? Party. So we went after that guy who wasn't standing up all the way and going down number 50 or whatever. I'd like to rescind all that. I haven't done 40 up downs in one time since probably one pissed off Rich Rodriguez in college. And I don't know if I could do it. I know that all the boys are in much better shape than I would ever be, but that seemed like a lot of up-downs. Yeah. And uh, Dan Campbell was doing with a broken freaking wrist, man. Yeah, no big deal. I, a couple days ago, one of the dogs got me. I didn't know. When I was starting to do the up-downs, I taped it up. I didn't know if I was going to make it. Because the head coach, <laughs> yeah. the head coach, Deuce Staley, former running back, numerous teams, won a Super Bowl, absolute stallion of a human. The assistant head coach, him and Aaron Glenn, the defensive coordinator during team periods, Running each other down, yeah, yeah. talking real yeah. shit to each other. Amazing! It is everything that we had ever wanted a NFL training camp to be is happening in Detroit now. If we are going to go on predictions of how the Lions are going to do this season after watching one practice or one hard knocks, we, we'd be ignorant to do as such. Right. Of course. There was a couple things I seen in that that I was like, well, I've never seen a team do that. I have never seen that be okay. Somebody asked Dan Campbell about Aiden Hutchinson getting chipped at the line. Mm -hmm. And I think the way the reporter was asking a question was like, hey, are you going to – This is Need this guy. This first-round draft pick, you're getting him chipped literally before his first even preseason game happens. That's a twisting motion. That's mm -hmm. a blind side. Like – and Dan Campbell was like, 
He'll learn, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah listen, he'll learn. Like Love they it. are running that team different than any team I've ever seen. Uh, it's a lot of players, obviously, a lot of guys invested. Kelvin Shepard was a, a teammate of mine, loved by the locker room. I assume he's loved up there. Great fucking player. Brought a hammer. Like he was a guy that absolutely brought a hammer. When they were listing off all the training camps from all the coaches, oh, they got like sixty like, or eighty, 80 some 80. eighty some seasons of uh, training camp mm-hmm. experience from playing days as coaches up there. Seems like they all have that trait, the DNA trait that you have to have to be a coach. Whatever the case, I don't know how the Lions are going to do this season. I have no idea, yeah. but I do know. I fucking love the Detroit Lions. Yes. Big time. Hell yeah. And I, I love what Hard Knocks is going to be. Hard Knocks, the NFL Films people, there's clips coming out from the NFL Films producers, and we have two of them on today. Ken Rogers, who is the producer of the Hard Knocks Detroit Lions, and Keith Costro, who's been on the show before. He'll be running the Arizona Cardinals Hard Knocks in the season, like the Colts had last season. The Cardinals are doing this season. Ran a little teaser at the oh, end. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Electric teaser. A little teaser at the end. No sound. Just mm-hmm. D-Hop doing a one-legged lift thing, I think, after his injury. I wonder if that was before or after the suspension came in who knows how long they've been filming but we'll be talking to a couple of the producers of nfl from nfl films about hard knocks when they showed up there and they started shooting and they have their group meetings being like these guys are the most wide open guys they're <laughs> yeah. acting as if there's no camera there they're almost turning it up because the camera's there bit. where most places we haven't seen that aiden hutchinson's performance in that team meeting the Great. rookie show Fucking unbelievable. Great energy. Imagine somebody doing spoken word in that now, mm, right? Yeah. After you saw how that one went, mm-hmm. now imagine somebody going up there and doing spoken word. That is what me and Darius and Chuck have talked about, where there was, an, there was a time where those, those shows there that Aiden did and the other guy did, that, that's like a... It's almost like a last-ditch energy for the team. Mm, That's at the end of the night, right before meetings are about to take place. Everybody's tired. Everybody's miserable. Hey, rookie, need you to go up there. We've all done this. Literally, this is Mm -hmm. everything that's ever happened. Everybody that's ever been in the NFL, unless they miss training camp the rookie year, and then they just end up going on to be a stud or whatever. Everybody has done this. So when Aiden goes up there and gets it, brings that energy, and the whole place, Mm -hmm. you see that whole place singing Uh, with him? Like, that is the goal. That mm -hmm. is the goal of that entire thing. Coaches know what the goal is. Players know what the goal is. The rookies, though, kind of new to it, not understanding it. So when it, this one generation of guys started showing up there and doing these spoken words, yikes! imagine how disappointed everybody in the room was. Yeah. Just yeah. imagine. Chuck Pagano is the head coach. He has to be nice to everybody, you know, because the coach is on everybody's team. And this guy that's doing the spoken word, who was a rookie, didn't make our team. Obviously, we all knew that. Chuck didn't know if that guy was going to make the team, though. Sure. Maybe he had Chuck holding on hope to him. As soon as somebody starts going, yeah, when I grew up, you know. All right. Boom, boom, boom. Okay. A lot of people checking out. Right. Yes. <laughs> so Aiden crushing it, getting it, and seemingly being a guy, by the way. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed his comment of saying, did, did we know we were going to do all those up-downs at one time? Did we? <laughs> yeah. I didn't expect that. He seems to be quite a leader, but what an electrifying show last night. What a debut. It was a little bit shorter, I thought, yeah. than some of them, yep. but it left us all wanting more. Uh, at Ty Schmidt, at Boston Connor, at Tone Diggs, all watched it. Foxy, you're rocking the MCDC shirt. Hell How yeah. pumped are you? You guys were so hyped for this because it was all positive momentum. People were betting on the Lions. People like the Lions. Yes. There's a new uh, you know, sheriff in town almost. And the NFL Films people are putting out clips saying, we're getting the best clips we've ever gotten yeah. in the history yes. of Hard Knocks. All, all signs were going towards like good news for the Lions. Yep. Last night was a smashing success, Foxy. Yes, sir. I got three quick takeaways for you guys. Number one, that was probably the best hour of Lions football I have ever watched in my life. All right, okay. congrats. Okay. All right. Okay. Congrats. Thanks, That's NFL Films. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out them. They did great. Number two, MCDC is the perfect coach 
for Detroit, for Michigan, for the Lions. He can coach forever. I don't care how many games he wins. Well, I don't care how many games yeah. he loses. He can stay forever. I fucking love Hey, baby, MCDC. Hey, MCDC. Come on, Dees, man. Last one. You did. You did. Yes, you did. You did. Old school, man. And last one, we kind of hit on this, and this one's really important. For the first time ever, people outside of the state of Michigan, outside of the city of Detroit, are going to be rooting for the Detroit Lions. You literally just said it on the beginning of the show. I said it. A lot of people on the internet said it last you night. You are yeah. a Lions fan, and that's really cool, because Lions are never on primetime. No one gives a fuck about well, them. Well, Thanksgiving, always you guys always sausage. Yep, right. Thanksgiving's the only Detroit time. Detroit's the one we need football the most. The only yeah. time. So, shout out NFL fans. Yeah, right. Don't want to do, do the political conversation. Everyone. Everybody's uh, miserable. We're just at football. And Detroit's like, we're going to be here every week with your every year with your family. We'll play the Bears. Oh, we're doing Thanksgiving together. We'll play the Bears. Hey, come on, we're going to be here. And it's like, all right, thank you, Lions, for doing that. Yep. But now it's, I want to see this team. Absolutely. Yes. I want to see Deuce Staley, you know, after the defense gives up a long tud at the end of a game, <laughs> I'd like to see him sprint over to AG and say, you fucking asshole. Yeah. <laughs> I love that they were asked immediately about the relationship with each other, and they said, uh, oh, I love that man. Yeah. And then they show clips, you motherfucker. <laughs> Deuce Staley... You know, talking a lot of shit loud. Offense is doing well. Then defense is going well. Then I think defense continued to do well and continue to continue, continue to do well. And Deuce Staley got quiet. And I think in real lifetime, probably 20, 25 minutes, probably quiet. And then a running back caught one. And they had a side angle shot of Deuce sprinting over to Aaron almost like, uh, you thought I forgot? You thought I forgot? <laughs> yeah. It was just like perfect entertainment. It is, it is a movie, what Hard Knocks is this year. Yes. And I... I love everything about it. The speeches are out of a movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the speeches aren't. They. What would a football speech sound like? Boom. Better though. Yeah. Story yeah. Because yeah. it's coming from Dan Campbell. Mm-hmm. So it's it is the NFL films. People have got to be fucking pumped up now. What will this mean? Well, more people probably die, uh, buy Lions merch. Sure. So that means the owner of the family will get more money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Sheila. 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 Sheila for him. The owning family will get more money, which means they'll pay back Calvin Johnson. Right. Which Please. means the curse will be lifted. It'll be huge. Which means Detroit comes full circle and the Lions start winning games. Oh, yeah. Aaron Rodgers said on Shine, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it might have been Shine. I'm not sure. I think it was Shine. Uh, he said... Um, you know, it's starting to really track together, sync together, him and Jordan Love. Yeah. Because he said, you know, I sat behind Brett for three years, started getting a little bit better, a little bit more comfortable. And there's people going, whoa, 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 what does that mean? And Aaron has alluded to it a couple different times. Mm-hmm. So if you're MCDC, Antoine Randall, Deuce Daly, Mark Brunel, Aaron Glenn, Kelvin Shepard, and the boys up there, you got to think to yourself, we just got to hold on for one more year, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? Aiden Hutchinson, we can't tear an ACL in practice with a blindside chip. You got to learn, man. That's what it's going to be like in a goddamn game, man. It is. It's got to be a great time to be a line right now. And I genuinely believe, with the way the reaction was to that last night, and there will always be those fans and blogs that are pissed off about not having Super Bowls and whatever. This is going to be a season where no matter what happens. I think they got another pass. Yeah. They won yeah. three games last year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everybody's still super pumped about it in mm-hmm. Detroit. And Jared Goff's still their quarterback. They're paying him $30 million. Yeah. Everybody's still super pumped. I think after hard knocks, everybody's going to be like, all right, we'll give them at least that. They're building something. That's right. Yeah. Foxy, you guys feel like it's it's at least something. Spot mm-hmm. on. 1,000%. We, we have an identity of some sort now. The most Lions thing ever would be to fire this entire coaching staff, even whoa, if we whoa, had a whoa, bad whoa. year. Well, and, because they'd love the fucking team so much. It would be the most Lions thing ever. I have never seen a practice go the way that those practices go. What last do you mean? Time. <laughs> In what way? What's that about? It was just day four. <laughs> day four, you got tackling through the ground. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Which, yeah. by the way, MCDC gave a great speech. 
He said, all I think about is you guys, Love man. Do this for you, man. Literally, all I think about awesome. is you guys. It was awesome. I'd, and he started getting like emotional. Mm-hmm. And Chuck said, how many times is he going to cry? In his? I think it was four. Yeah. I think it was yeah. four. Yeah. I think week, it was four cries. Always crying. First Here. week. I by the way, they're emotional. They're bought he in. They're invested. Which love the Lions got to love. Yes. Lions got to fucking love. I think their fans got to absolutely love. A thousand percent. But I, you know, like Jamal's speech. Sure. Everybody, the internet loved it. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. That's a very good thing. Just like Chuck said yesterday, very, he's talking to 60 guys that aren't going to be on the team there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that speech, I understand, but maybe, and I like that he's invested all in. Jamal is, I feel like he feels like he is a, Almost uh, a stalwart of that that organization now yeah. with MCDC because MCDC and him had a conversation yeah. in the middle. I'm never worried about. Not worried about you. I know you're ready to Every go. Every day, man. Yeah, they love mm-hmm. each other. Oh yeah. So Jamal is going to mm-hmm. be, and he led the team out. I think he was taking photos at one point at the practice. So I think he is like one of the guys right up there. He is the yeah. guy. There's a lot of young guys, so Jamal's kind of a vet, and so he's the leader of the team at that. Point. But in the city too, he's viewed as yes, I think like 100%. one of the faces fans, of fans, the Lions. Doesn't matter that he's not him. the starter. Well, that's a fascinating thing. I was a punter, you know, and I had pretty good starting punter. Yeah, Swift well, is their starting. still punter. Though. Yeah, mean, let's. We need a first down late in the game. Guess what? They ain't sending me out there. <laughs> you know you don't I mean? want to fuck with Swift. That's exactly. not true. Yeah, he will kill you. Allegedly. Allegedly. Self defense. By the way, he said that as a joke, maybe, but actually said it as. There was that rumor floating around for a good two, three days. That just yeah. disappeared. Is that going to get addressed in Hard Rock? I hope so. I don't. I think he was cool. only on for a little bit last night. But like you mentioned too, like it's it's fun and it was it was awesome. You know, and like as a Packers fan, you don't really care about the Lions because for so long Jeez. it's just like they're not going to win. They just haven't. I hope they do. But you're right. Like that speech. Like are people still invested in that if they're one and eight? You know, like four months from now. So it is interesting because this happens every year with Hard Knocks. It does. And granted, this. Not bit. every year. Not every year. It does every. Now, ev- while we were watching the Colts, we we're all. Yeah, that was in season. I'm was, saying the was last the, year? the Dallas, Dallas, the Cowboys, yeah. the training right. camp ones. The Falcons run it a couple years ago, and they were terrible after it. Like, they're the only team you're seeing, right. and you're seeing them so intimately that it's like you get you get swept up in everything, and it's and it's so well produced that it's like. You know what? Why not the Lions? Yeah. Why maybe, not? Maybe yes. it could be yeah. them. Why don't they? Why, why don't the Lions just sneak into playoffs in an NFC that's pretty top heavy? Yeah, but I guess what I'm saying is that's not going to happen. So we should oh. enjoy these five weeks while we can. <laughs> yeah. That's real though, and like I think everybody's rooting for them. Like I think yeah. we all want yeah. them to do well, and it's clear like they're going to do better. But you know, five and twelve is still probably a realistic record. That was some of the most emotional shit I've ever seen, and I, I was not around like. Uh, what are you laughing about, Foxy? <laughs> Seriously, Foxy. Fox. I'm, I'm trying to have a moment. This is your yeah. team, dude. Why, why are you trying to make me start to laugh about this moment and not take it serious when I was actually thinking serious. about taking it serious I need for a to take it serious. Yeah. Take it serious, Foxy. I do because I appreciate the fact that they're emotionally invested. Yeah. It takes a lot to be emotionally invested because it doesn't mean that you're just emotionally invested in training camp. You're off-season, you're emotionally invested, your workouts when everybody's around. Like, it seems like the guys over there are emotionally invested, which I appreciate a lot. Big time. They're giving 95-second speeches after practice, though. I, I mean, not every single one. I've never seen it before. So they better hope they win every game. Because if they start losing games, I think there's going to be guys that are like, shut up. Yeah. 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 Break it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, not that Jamal would ever be talked to like that. No. But I'm just saying I've seen plenty of leader go in there and attempt to, you know, change the world. Rile the boys In up. the middle of that thing. And – I've seen them be viewed very differently forever by everybody else in the locker room. So it's, and by the way, I'm a pretty observant person. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm looking from the outside in. 
I've never gone to the middle of a thing and said, you know what? Fucking me, I need to say. <laughs> hey, bring it in. What's up? I have never done that. I think Chuck asked me one time to break down and then immediately afterwards said, well, never going to have you do that again because who knows what came out of my mouth at that point. Feels like it was probably pretty positive, but also picking apart all the bullshit mm-hmm. that was happening. And, you know, I never got to do it. But, like, the speeches and Jamal doing, they're all in there. And it's like, just like we asked last year when he was gnawing kneecaps and everything, how long does that last? Feels like he's still got the boys, though. Oh, yeah. They won three games last year, tied one, and then obviously lost 13. Seems like they're still all very invested because there's a lot of moments where some players, just like we were talking last year where guys were doing sprints and full pads after practice yeah. at the Giants thing, there's a lot of moments there where I looked at the back of the uh, team meeting room and was wondering what was being said. Seems like everybody's invested as fuck in the team. Like, let's go. Maybe they do win some games. And I think to your point, that is why he – it is kind of like, a, hey, keep him keep him here forever because the same thing was happening with Patricia, but there were all the stuff coming out that, like, the players hated him. He didn't have a good relationship with a bunch of guys. Like, if you take anything away from it, it's like these guys do love playing for him, and it's not that he's not going out there and busting. Like, he's given everything he has to try to turn this around. It just – I mean, they're in a, they're in a tough spot, you know, because it Gotta is. Win. A, yeah, you have to. You Gotta have to. You, you don't win, you get fired. But if you lose, mm-hmm. you also potentially lose the locker room mm-hmm. and lose the building and lose everybody. Seemed like everybody was all in. They love him. Did you see the Lions employees who were sitting behind? Oh, yeah. Fucking MCDC doing the up-downs? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just act like it was normal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like this is yeah. Yeah, what we do. Let's go, Dan. Our fucking head coach broke his wrist from mm-hmm. a dog injury a couple days yeah. ago. Yeah. Fucking dog. He's doing... 40 up-downs. Even he, I think, is a couple points afterwards. He was a little tired. I like that he had to catch his breath <laughs> while the team was breaking it. Mm-hmm. You know, like the head coach, oh, I was fucking hot. I expect <laughs> that. Like, I enjoyed that everybody's just like, yeah, this is how it is. This is how we're doing this. Kevin Shepard talked about potentially cutting his dreads. Mm-hmm. Uh, and MCDC was like, hey, you Don't be. Don't you dare. Man, you do what you got to do. Yeah. Like, you be however you want to be. So that's a very freeing feeling. Going to have to win games, but God damn it, I hope they do, and I hope we have a full season-long follow-along time. We as a society, we as NFL fans, we need Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions team and staff to succeed because I'm tired of this Ivy League bullshit. I'm tired of the floors and the Shanahan's, the fucking McVay's, the fucking McDaniel. I'm tired of it, okay? Now, listen, we We don't have any problem. We need football. Okay, we don't have any problem with those guys. We're just saying it seems like it's going to be all those guys. Correct. And we would like one for the Stooges. Exactly. We would like one meathead in there. Grable won coach of the year last year. Fucking great step. That's Great step in the right direction. Hey, congrats, data people. Mm -hmm. You're getting more hired. You know who the coach of the year is? Guy that has four potches in his mouth. Exactly. Four cigarettes. Yes, yep. six, a pack in his back pocket and just got done drinking. That's good news for we us. We need MCDC to build on that. We need Deuce to build on that. We need Randall. We need all the boys to build on that, okay? You're right. I didn't even look at it that way. It is kind of a little bit of a battle, isn't it? It is. Absolutely. It is a little bit of a fit. Now, granted, I think Belichick, who's been an analytics guy since front, he's a football guy. That's right. Yeah, yeah, for I think sure. He's, now, their offense stinks. Well, well true. It does. Not the whole thing, but there are definitely parts. Uh, I don't know. I've seen some headlines. No. Once cool. again, part of the problem. Headlines. Part of the problem. Story. Yeah, it's part of the problem. Just reading a headline. Mm-hmm. But when I see like 10 headlines, pretty similar, I'm like, oh, yeah. Or right, there's smoke. It seems like this is a pretty leading. The Patriots offense is fucking dead. What's going on? Why do you guys stink so bad? Why is everybody saying you guys stink? Have you looked into this? And oh, yeah. are you worried at all? Now, we are only however many days in a camp, mm-hmm. and there is still 10 more weeks of growth before football even comes close to matter- mattering. Yeah. And the amount of 
growth that you can have over four weeks, five weeks, six weeks, whatever, is life-changing, especially with a new system being implemented so people learn things. But why is everybody saying you guys are like dead? Everybody, yeah. Now, I know it's a lot. Of, that's a popular thing. It's the wish for the Patriots to be dead. Sure. But everybody's saying, you guys fucking stink right now. What is the problem? So essentially, when Mac Jones and the offense goes like seven on seven, Skelly and Mac and the whole entire wide receiver group and tight ends go off, do their thing, they're perfect. They're rolling down the field, five, six plays, doing hurry up, everything's working great. But when we come together for 11 on 11, the offensive line just kind of melts. Uh, so I'm not too worried about that, especially because of the fact that the strength of the Patriots team, their best group, most uh, depth in group is probably the defensive line so there's that kind of thing to fall back on but yeah apparently learning the new offense the new scheme the new you know zone running no no fullback that's the thing we have the cavalry but i don't know if the brains yeah Yeah, the the, uh getting the actual playbook down seems to be a massive problem especially for the o-line what the O line is having a problem yeah. in the playbook. Joe Judge is doing a good job coaching the boys. That's Patricia. Patricia. Oh, I, I don't know if Patricia's thinking, you know, I got to make up some of these plays and not help the O line. But also, our offensive line coach, Dante Scarnecchia. Oh, yeah. One of the best. Absolute beast, dog. Actually lost the Super Bowl. Scarnecchia comes back. We win the Super Bowl. He is no longer with the team. He was oh, like the, no. a stalwart for Bill on the offensive side for O line. Never won. Who? Skarnakia. No, no, he did. When okay. he left, we lost the Super Bowl to the Eagles. Ah. And, I mean, how that, that Super Bowl ended, Brady got blitzed, gets destroyed, fumbles the ball, kind of a breakdown up front. Now Skarnakia is gone again, and unfortunately it does not look good for the O-line. They are not talking highly about the New England Patriots, but once no. again, we are a show that is firmly in the camp of Bill Belichick will figure it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Max said the same thing, too. We said that we say this about Tomlin as well. Mm-hmm. Like the Steelers in an interesting rebuild right now. They're not calling it that because the defense is so damn good and they've invested money. They don't have a quarterback. The offense, no, not a lot of notable names. But Tomlin's there. So let's assume they're going to win a bunch of games. Yeah, yep. exactly. Just like Bill Butler. He's going to win a bunch of games. They're going to be in a playoff conversation at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. That's just how it goes whenever you have a better coach than everybody else. But – these narratives that people are building about Not you guys. Good. It's definitely worrisome. Hopefully we get a couple games where there's like 50-mile-an-hour wins and we're just running the ball yeah, 60 yeah. times. Yeah, but you game. don't have fullback anymore, right? No, no, no. It's a completely new set. So you don't want to. You don't want that. True. Hopefully we have a bunch of games where there's no wind and we can only throw the ball 60 <laughs> times a game. That's good point. Yeah. Good point. <laughs> put a Opposite. Dome. Yeah, put a dome on Foxborough. Yeah, yeah. well, they, add, they are adding on to Foxborough, so that opened end, that Thank would always God. mess up the wind. That's gone. That thing was a... Uh, was quite a fierce competitor yeah that stadium up there it's because craft and them could control yeah, the, control the yeah, exactly control it, so. just turn on the fans like a couple miles down the road mm-hmm. oh just like the ones in cutter yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. well uh, the ones in cutter though are for saudi people and those are bad people and they're not for the ones that we have in new england what are you talking about that was that's for the world cup we're talking yeah about. we'll see well the world cup by the way has been preparing for like 22 months i think they are something like something that even more maybe three four years yeah they moved it to uh, uh the fall mm-hmm. because it's too hot in this in the country that now they they had the schedule set had marketed the schedule have tvs set up and i assume marketing deals they're going to redo the schedule they okay. got to redo the schedule for a couple <laughs> months before interesting end. comparison <laughs> you just in, interesting comparison we all just made there too patriots can control the weather 
Saudis can control all right, the weather. All right. Patri- okay, yeah, Patriots yeah. have spies and organizations. Oh. Saudis oh, got spies Twitter. in Twitter. Uh-huh. I mean, whoa. Well, isn't Twitter just kind of wide? I don't know. I, I thought everybody can spy on everybody. <laughs> yeah. that was Whatever the case, we are too dumb for all of that. But I will say the world, because the soccer Lombardi is in shambles right now. Yeah, for sure. And I'm tired of everybody talking like that's a more important tournament than the NFL playoffs. Yeah. Okay. Oh, who's, who's saying that? The world. Yeah, that's well, right. Well, they're a bunch of fucking rubes. No, it's not. <laughs> Tell okay. Them to shut up. We're playing it in Cutter. No one's going to care. We are going to care when the United States wins yeah, it. Yeah, I just yeah. hope we don't play on Sunday because guess what? If the I, I'd rather want you, the Packers might be playing the fucking you know Dolphins or something, and I'm going to have to kind of a shot at the Dolphins. Yeah, I didn't Whoa. mean to do that, yeah, but they play yeah. on Christmas, and that's around the time of the World Cup. Like, if USA is in the semifinals and the Packers are playing on Christmas against the Dolphins, like. Uh, guess what? I don't give a fuck if we win or lose. <laughs> 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 right. It's very negative about the soccer Lombardi. But but soccer Lombardi has been treating itself like a clown show here for exactly. years. Exactly. Yeah. So, so why you, should I care? What do you want us to do, dude? Mm-hmm. We're just trying to what cover. What am I supposed to do? Joining yeah. us now is uh, two people that caught the tail end of a hilarious conversation. <laughs> Supposed to be on a little bit ago, but we had to crop them because two people are joining us. Two incredibly talented people are uh, joining us from NFL Films. And Zito had to, you know, make the magic in the back. And we appreciate that, Zito. Joining us now is a man who is directly responsible for how great of a show we saw last night. Thank you. And a man who will be directly responsible for how the Arizona Cardinals in-season Hard Knocks goes, which we saw a teaser for at the end of the Mm -hmm. show where D-Hop was doing a little uh, physical therapy, it appeared. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen... Ken Rogers and Keith Koshwick. Yeah, Ken Boys. Back, fellas. Great to see you. Hey, how are you doing? Thank you for joining us. Keith on the left, Ken on the right. Ken, I don't remember you having that big of a fucking dome the last time. I <laughs> hey, you, you used to hit some people, huh? You played football? Uh, no, I was about to say that to you. I didn't. I didn't remember that you were so skinny. I oh, thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. That means a lot. You gotta like if AJ Hawk was on here right now, the first thing AJ would say, "Hey Ken, you got a, yeah. you got a good head. Yeah. Were you a football player back in the day, Ken? Or no? I was not wrestler. Oh there it is. shit, yeah. so, that'll man. work. Same difference. Hey Keith, he would get us, Keith, if he had to. You know what I mean? Wrestlers have the never-ending cardio that they acquired through miserable practices in high school when everybody else was just living their lives. Yeah. Yeah. Not eating. And the wrestlers were jogging down the side of the streets. Mm-hmm. Garbage, garbage bags. bags. Garbage we're bags. A, we're in a garbage bag. Oh, so much respect for the wrestlers. The amount of commitment to misery that you have to have when everybody else seems to be enjoying their life is something you can never teach anywhere else. All right, let's dive in here. I'll start with you, Ken, uh, because we watched your episode last night. Whenever you got there and you first put microphones on and PTZs in the building and you saw that the coaches and the players were just acting the most normal probably out of any of the Hard Knocks episodes of the past. How excited were you and how hard was it to piece together the 48 minutes that you put last night? Because I assume there is so much more that you could put out there, Ken. There is. I don't know about if they acted normal. They acted themselves. Whether or not that's normal, I, I, <laughs> I got you. Know, you. I got, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the beholder. Um, we knew right away just because they, uh, they had no filter. And you can tell when a team is concentrating on what's happening on the field rather than, oh, let's make sure that our image is correct. Um, This team is just 100% concentrating on the field. And Dan Campbell has them locked in from the very start. You see the opening speech. I mean, that's, that's the opening speech at camp. And we purposely started it not with his speech, but him walking in the room. Because the way he walked, 
walks all of a sudden just set the tone. And we were like, I want to see that guy walk. Um, so we we just got from the very beginning a true sense of who they were, and they continue to be that way. I know today, after the show aired, they're still acting like themselves. And when you have great characters who aren't afraid of who they are and are true to themselves, that makes Hard Knocks the best. Hell yeah, last night was a great episode. I think you guys should be pumped. And speaking of being pumped, Keith, how long have you been with NFL Films, Keith, Pittsburgh guy? 25 years. I liked I liked the fact that you were humble though about the by the way you were humble about hard knocks. I was texting with Keith. I'm like, you guys got to be very pumped about all the conversation and chatter around this hard knocks and you're like, yeah, we're just literally just trying to put out the best show. Is that the mindset? And whenever the teaser of the Arizona Cardinals in season hard knocks coming at the end there, like what a chef's kiss there. How much how much of the team effort in there and how much was the team celebrating after the, the successful launch of last night's hard knocks, Keith? Let, let, let me say this the so I, I had nothing to do with with what went on the air last night that baby cat I, I was in cooperstown watching my kids play baseball last yeah. oh, and we had we had a, a small <laughs> army of people here led by ken shannon Furman, our director our senior director out in the field like it, it, the amount of work that goes into getting in that hour on television and making it coherent and entertaining. Of course, if you got great material from the people that were on that show, you're, you're thrilled. But they shot 500 hours in the last 10 days. That's 500 awesome. hours and you get to put one hour on TV. And, and for it to be on and, and, and to be in that shape, uh, I, I'm like a proud brother today. You know, when your brother or your sister does something. You, yeah. Like my brothers and sisters accomplished something really extraordinary last night. He, he's the Aaron Glenn to my Deuce Staley. Oh, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> so hey. remember, remember, I told you guys, you said, what is a senior coordinating producer? That's my job title here. The first time I came on, I said, I don't fucking know what a senior coordinating <laughs> <laughs> Ken's the other senior coordinating producer at NFL Films. And um, we've been doing this to Ken's been, what are you, 22 years? 20, 21. 21. Yeah. We've been working together on Hard Knocks. We, we started working on Hard Knocks together in 2007. When, when we rebooted it with the Chiefs. Hey, did you hey did you think you guys, it was getting stale a little bit? Did you think there was a chance it was getting stale with how, and I'll ask you, you Ken, because like with social media teams, like the Colts teams, and like every team now has their own behind the scenes thing. Everybody was doing Hard Knocks, but I mean, I think we all know this. The NFL Films is like the 33rd owner in the NFL. I mean, what since the beginning of time, the way the game has been displayed and produced and projected, Steve Sable, everybody over there, it's just, it's a beautiful relationship I think NFL Films has with the NFL, and I think there's a lot of respect for it. But did you think Hard Knocks was getting a little stale? I know the in-season thing, brand new last year, they go down to Clowntown and lose. Yikes. Unbelievable. But like this year, it feels like a rebirth almost. Like the amount of excitement about Hard Knocks, it feels like it was like 10 years ago again, doesn't it almost, Ken? Listen, it's hard. It's tw It's been 21 years since the first show aired. This show is an adult now, a drinking adult. <laughs> and, you know, once in a while, you just need to feed it feed it some alcohol and let it, uh, you know, rip. And oh, yeah. I think this year feels fresher. I think that's because of the team. I, I think it changes every year where some teams really go through camp trying to avoid an injury, trying to repeat the success they had last year. And the Lions can't do that. The Lions are all in. And so you sense stakes that 
may have not existed in previous years. You know, two years ago we had the Rams, who are now Super Bowl champions. The Cowboys last year were expected to win the division. You know, you sort of approach camp a little bit differently. A team like the Lions, they there's no resting on anything from last season. They're they're desperate. Uh, there's a lot of stakes. There's jobs at, at stake. So when you have that, the freshness level goes up, and it just it feels a little more uh, impactful. And I think sometimes we want teams that are great and and going to repeat a good season. Sometimes. The teams that are struggling provide the most drama. Well, and how about uh, number one overall pick, number two, I guess, overall, having a fucking performance of a lifetime in the rookie show there. It was being talked about on the internet as, like, greatest rookie show performance of all time. I'm like, boy, I've been in. I've seen some that are great. I've seen some that are terrible, and I've seen some that are great. When you guys cut to that wide shot, of everybody standing at the end of it, like I got goosebumps. I was like, that's a fucking moment right there. You like, as those things are coming together through the camera, are you watching in a truck? Is it all, how does it get, does it just get documented and then you have to go through all of it? How does it go? And when we see MCDC take a beer bong or a beer funnel and dump a pot of coffee into it and take it, Tell you what, yeah. man. <laughs> Goosh, he does that. Are you watching that live and going like, save that, Need save it. that, yeah. save that? Let's put that. Up. How does it come together? Listen, man, man, uh, man. <laughs> it it's impossible. You just try to keep up. It is. It's like a funnel itself of material. Yeah. So that gets back to us at NFL Films. Maybe two hours after it's all shot, all of the angles, and you're looking at all the angles, and you're saying. In our roles, we're just saying, okay, that's in the show. Yes. We have two minutes of our show done. Um, when you hear a speech like Dan Campbell's or you hear Jamal's speech or you hear Deuce and Aaron going against each other, that's easy. We, we see that stuff and we say, okay, that's in the show. Then it's crafting the rest of the show around that and making sure, I mean, it's like a soap opera. You go to one character, then you go to another character. Then you come back to the first character. And ah. the pacing and everything that you have to do is hard enough to do on any show, but we're doing it in real time. So on Friday, when we're editing what happened on Wednesday and Thursday, the Friday footage is coming in and screwing up all our plans. <laughs> Something else happened. And yeah. it's imp you just try to keep your head above water. Uh, we don't sleep when we work on Hard Knocks. You know, uh, Red Bulls are our best friend, and Hell we yeah. just continue to but... grind. And at the end of it, we collapse. We it's just like training camp, really. It's our <laughs> training camp. Quick story that I'll never forget: the moment Ken walked in my office, the summer of two thousand. 10 and said all right we got something you need to see it was like a saturday night we're putting the show together and i used to be the guy that puts the show together which took like 12 years off my life that's <laughs> why you every year so you old. do that it takes two years off your life yeah yeah, yeah. and Kent, and it was the rex let's go eat a goddamn snack speech oh yeah. <laughs> first time i saw that speech I, I laughed for like eight minutes straight, like anybody else who sees it. Uh, and so th when that happens, and, it, you know, like Ken said, there's about five moments in last night's episode that are what we like to call tent poles. You know that you're going to build the episode around those moments. And it's a question of how are we getting to that Jamal speech? Where are we going from that Jamal speech? 
where does the Aaron Glenn do Staley moment oh. go in the episode? The, the constructing it is a really intricate, fascinating process that has to be done at Mach 3. Yeah. Because it's you got two days and then it's got to air. You can't put all the great stuff right together and then have all of the bad stuff in the back half of the show. Wow, well, and how about the people who no won't go to bed? Stuff. Yeah. Hey, I was hey, I was tweeted by a lot of people. No bad stuff last night. Hey, I was tweeted by a lot of people last night. I assume you guys see it as well. The 10 p.m., that's just locked in on a Tuesday because there's a lot of people in Detroit like, I got to work tomorrow. What the hell? You want me to fucking stay up till 10? Like, I assume HBO has scheduling issues uh, with it all, and it's locked in at that time frame. But have you ever thought about moving in? Has that ever been talked about with HBO? (laughs) We just talked about it this morning. Okay, okay. (laughs) So everybody's on the same page. All right, you don't need to say anything. Get your guys in trouble then. Let's let's just move on here. Um, uh, Keith, at the end of last night's episode, by the way, Ken... A D's nuts joke to wrap that whole thing up was maybe the I mean, yeah. you know what I mean. Sure. That was that was just a bouquet to my high school friends to say I know you're watching. Yes, <laughs> this is for you. Yeah, well, that, well, just like uh, Dan Campbell said, that's old school, man. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. You, yes, did. you did, you, you did, did. Yes, you <laughs> did. That was just. It was awesome. It was a perfect way to wrap that entire thing up. But then the DeAndre Hopkins clip comes. Are you guys already shooting for the Cardinals in season? Has that already taken place? And when does that begin? So we are not shooting a lot at this point. We're we're installing the robotic cameras uh, this week and next week. Um, But we knew the biggest issue with the Colts show last year, we were really happy with it, was that not enough people knew it existed. Yes, there was a whole other hard knocks. And so we've been talking with HBO for months about, you know, priority one here is to make sure the world knows there is another hard knocks <clears throat> with a different team that will be starting in November. So we planned this out and, and we went out. Steve Trout, the director for that show, went out last week and shot a day out there. And we, we knew we wanted to connect something at the end of the credits of this show to say, right now, no, we had no bigger audience for anything than the first episode of Train to Camp Hard Knocks. We need to have a moment at the end of this episode. It'll be like our Marvel thing, you know, the credit scene. In the yeah, Marvel yeah, 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 smart. That's not the next movie. And it was like, and maybe this was dumb, I don't know. But we don't want to get in the way and we don't want to step on the, what the lion's show is and you couldn't possibly cause the lion's show was spectacular. These nuts. Joke. But yeah, but like, so let's just do like a silent one shot scene and with, with somebody that's instantly recognizable and put the promo, put the title up and when it's going to air. And so that was the thinking just there they are, the Cardinals quietly in the background doing their thing and we'll start shooting with them full on week one. Um, I just thought of it, Keith, I don't want to step on your promo here because it is great and I think you guys are brilliant. Don't you think you guys show Kyler Murray watching film right there? <laughs> the place goes crazy. You know what I, I mean? Was thinking, I, was, I was just thinking about it. So we shot a few last week. We didn't shoot it with Kyler. But I think there's definitely um, an opportunity <laughs> <laughs> to showcase fun. to showcase how big of a film nerd he is. Yes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To showcase. Well, how- you can watch Pat. You as a player, you, like you can use an Xbox remote. Yes. To watch game to watch game tape, right? Yes. And like hit rewind and pause and all that. Yes. 
Yeah. So we could do one of these where you start <laughs> tight yeah. on a on an Xbox remote, <laughs> cut to Kyler looking like he's playing a video game intensely, close up, and yeah. then cut to wide shot, and he's watching tape. Yes, now we're bringing it and all. Kyler looks at the camera, breaks the wall. And flips the whole world to bird. Yes, and then I feel like that out. should be the last one. Yeah, do. do it in Cliff Kingsbury's house too. That wanted to draft with wow. the uh, the drug lord look in the back yeah. there. Oh my god! Now we're starting to really do it. So this renewed energy though behind Hard Knocks, and I don't mean to say this as Hard Knocks has ever gone down, but it feels like when you do something for twenty some seasons, like the renewed. How how are you answering this episode, Ken? Like. How do you, you, and that has to be a conversation now that you have to have, and I'm sorry that I'm so negative, but that has to be yeah. what you guys are thinking as well. It's like, hey, this may be the greatest hard knocks of all time last night. I mean, honestly, in a lot of people's minds, probably going to say that with the way it all went. Induce coming back at AG, seemingly 20-some minutes later, after the offense finally gets back on the board almost and saying, like, you you forgot, you, you forgot. I was like, that was magical what do you do next week do you kind of take what you thought was successful this week or is it just whatever the best shots that come in like how do you continue it for what another four episodes or whatever now ken i mean that's exactly what we just spent hours talking about this morning i mean i heard you talking about coach belichick that we're on the show too you know after this interview is over I won't even think about show one or how good it is no you gotta celebrate a little yeah come on Listen, we are in day three of shooting episode two. So there is no rest. There is no time to celebrate. We, I have to make sure that everyone is committed to the next show. And, you know, that's about my only job these days is just, you know, you motivating the young people. This lunatic has works since 2007. His routine is he works like 49 straight days without a day off. Dog. On hard knocks. Dog. And when it's all over, he just like goes to the Jersey Shore and stares at the ocean for oh, me. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, while, the, while all the Red Bull seeps yeah. out of his pool. When I was younger, <laughs> I would go to Key West and, and drink all week. That that would that would just blow everything away, and I would forget about it. Now I just need oh, yeah. open air. Yeah, I understand. I understand. But and the, also, traveling's terrible right now. So oh, yeah. I mean, but, the, the but the other thing he mentioned that I think is really important because we're old, we're old farts now, and we've been doing this too long and 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 stale and terrible at it. Is that four of the five directors who just bury were yourself? Yeah, just bury yourself there, and then oh, go into it. Yeah, sounds like a happy know. existence. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sounds fun. You don't know the self loathing that goes yeah. on. <laughs> this, this is our lives. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so terrible. Four of the five directors that are out there right now. Shannon has been there. She's the leader. She's been here since I think 2003, and we've got Kelly, Michelle, Cortland, and Pat. None of them were here at NFL Films. Half of them were probably in junior high school when Ken and I started working on Hard Knocks in 2007. And the renewal really comes from the people who are leading the project now. And back here, we have Emily Leitner, uh, a brilliant producer, and, and her fiance, Jeff Cameron, brilliant storyteller and producer, and they, they run it back here. So the renewal comes from the people who, who got here and grew up watching Hard Knocks 
and now have a chance. To oh, got it, got it, got it. It's like a it's such a cool thing that that this does, for a show to be going on this long, you know, t- twenty years. They grew up watching. It's like, different. It's different with the players as well. If we if we came in '09. And you were a rookie, people would have been like, oh, hard knocks. What the hell is that? That's the, uh, we don't want to do that. These kids come in now. I say kids because they are to me. These rookies are coming in and they say things on camera like, yeah, I didn't watch the Baltimore Ravens first season because I was, I was one years old. But I, you know, I, I remember when I was nine and Rex Ryan was on the show and you just realized this is just part of their culture. Yes. It's part of our, it's part of our culture here and the NFL players, it's not a big deal now. I mean, they, they've seen hard knocks every year. It's not a big thing. So yeah. I remember back. What was it? Cincinnati? Was it Joey Porter? No. Uh, Kiss the baby. No. Well, there was Chad. Chad was the first Cincinnati. No, and but then, somebody used to look at the cameras and say, I fucking hate James, James Harrison. Harrison. James that was Harrison. Back oh, yeah. in 2013, our second Bengals run. And, J- and James Harrison would just flip off all the robotic yeah. cameras whenever he saw them. <laughs> and so we decided to lean into it. Yeah, and we're so, like, all right, yeah. if that's your character, which it is, that's his character. Well, Debo he, has feelings to it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we talked to Debo is a, is a badass. But the whole thought of like this younger generation getting it, I think is a big deal, you know, because it's kind of that spans entrepreneurial business wise, because there's guys now on the show where they understand like Jamal Williams is doing an interview on Good Morning Football. I think he has a PR person that's using it. It's like the, the younger class of humans gets kind of how you can utilize platforms to, to either, you know, do philanthropic things, do business things, exposure things, whatever the case is. And I think it's only good news for you guys as you go forward. Can't wait. We're not distracted by it. You think, you know, the old school coaches and players like, like Harrison would be like, well, I'm going to concentrate. I think the new generation realizes that a balanced approach to it and, you know, might be a healthier approach to it. And a lot of them have grown up that way. They've always had these other ancillary things like social media to, to pay attention to. It's it's oh, not a big deal for them. A uh, the, couple of the boys have some questions for you guys. Is that okay? Heck yeah. Uh, yeah. Go ahead, Ty. Ken, I guess this is more so for you since you did the Lions one. But, Keith, if you've had something like this, you can definitely weigh in. Um, obviously, a big part of Hard Knocks is you guys like kind of developing some of these other guys and developing storylines. But how difficult it – like it, it's kind of like – I think of it almost like Ocean's Eleven – you guys have Dan Campbell is fucking Danny Ocean. He is George Clooney. Like we love all the ancillary stuff, but like, how tough is it to continue to kind of like build these storylines when you know, like, hey, we have nine hours of shit that Dan Campbell said that we could use. Like, so why why don't we just go like? And everyone's talking about it. You got to go full steam ahead, man. We need at least like fifty five <laughs> minutes of just Dan Campbell and Jerry last year. Jim Irsay, right? Like, mm-hmm. like, how how is is it not hard just to get locked in? Because that could become the deuce in MCDC show, yeah, for sure. like that, and everybody would watch. But I feel like you almost, and I don't want to step on Ty's question too much, but we were talking about this earlier. Do you feel like you have to do the team justice as well in this entire thing? Like, is that a part of it all, or is it just kind of uh, the story justice? I mean, I feel like the problem is that there isn't just one story of camp. All of these guys have an interesting story and we just try to pick the most well, interesting story. Come on, and we, you know, maybe not. Maybe joking, not. we're joking, yeah. we're joking. Ken, we're assholes, we are joking. We are, everybody's but living a dream here. All right, we it really is. It's difficult because we could just do an hour of Dan Campbell. Oh, yeah. 
and we could Consider not it. show Dan Campbell again. And no, that would be a great people mistake. would yell at us. There's people last oh, night yeah. that were like, ah, oh, enough with Dan Campbell. No. And oh. there's people that love Dan no, Campbell. And no matter what we do, it's just like being a player. You just ignore the noise. And Thank you. you. Here's here's the thing. Can ignore that noise. Yeah, who said that? I want names. Listen, those people need not be heard from anybody. Those are the types of things that make you think like that person has a platform to say that opinion. Yeah, that person should not be allowed to have a, 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 that platform. Take them off. Like, what? That, that not, like those are the types of things that we just can't. We're take. just fans, though. That's the thing. We that's how we approach it. That's the answer. Is is we love the show. We love the NFL. We love the teams. We love players. That's how we were brought up by Steve Sable. So we trust our instincts and we go, that guy, that scene, put it in. It's great. And we don't we don't really stress about it too much. It's all instinctual. A lot of wrecks back in the day, right? I, I assume mm-hmm. that's what you were thinking there, Keith, because that the ancillary player that you just mentioned in training camp who was nine years old when Rex Ryan was on it. I, I'm sure you hear that a lot. In that moment of a, let's go get a goddamn snack or whatever. Like that is, I mean, everybody knows it. A lot of wrecks then, right? How do you balance that without like wearing people out? I assume you have to think about well, that. It, I, to that point, when, when, when the Rex show happened, the Rex the, show. is when the, the, the show, that Jets season, the Ravens season was great and it was, it was a, a groundbreaking thing that you know every shout out shout out shout out. Shout the, out. when the rex season happened and all of a sudden hard knocks was on the back pages of the, of the new york post that was like a that was a holy shit moment for all of us at nfl films and even steve sable we're in steve sable's office right now oh wow. breathe in that air how we talked about this we talked a few weeks ago he's got oh there's the there's the vault. Yeah, it's all those note cards, individual yeah, he's note got cards. Note cards of all of his favorite people back here. Wow. We, we still keep his office. You're not in But it. it's a meeting what? room now. But even <laughs> Steve said, I can't, you know, no, I know. people sure? care about the show in a way that they had never responded to anything NFL films had done. And that's something that is so special to us that people care about hard knocks, good or bad. They're usually pissed off at it and say it's no, no, stop. Don't listen off, to the yeah. negative. Don't uh, listen to the negative. Block out the noise. But but the show people care about it. They want it to be great. Everybody feels like they got a stake in hard knocks. And it's a blast for us to engage, to read, to see the way people are reacting to it. And we're not making a show reactively, but we are aware. Of, of of the way it's being talked about each season and you know ken left out one thing like first and for, above all we just love telling stories and making football movies making oh, movies yeah. about anything well but you guys are artists shit, to make a movie in a week with that kind of material do you should make a really show cool. about that have you made a show about that yet because there was a uh, five days to air yeah, i think the south yeah. park, the south park mm-hmm. they did um they did like a one week or two weeks right. of the south park you, you remember watching this it was awesome it was like watching yeah. them actually stress and then them probably how you guys feel when they turned it into comedy that's a piece of trash episode yep. uh-huh. <laughs> that is so bad that's the worst thing we've ever done and then they walk back and then the reaction is Greatest South Park of all time. Yeah. And then they sit back in that room and they just start stressing again. They're like, all right, here we go. Uh-huh. And then they get it done. They're like, oh, there's the worst show we've ever done. And then it's loved. <laughs> it's like, that's a good show you guys should think about doing because 500 hours down to 48 minutes or whatever it was last night is not easy. Obviously, that is not easy at all. But like the stress that it has to go through 
in the behind the scenes, it would be fun to watch your ass sweat a little bit, Keith. Back like when we were when cool. we were younger, we would when we would finally lock picture on an episode. Ken and I, I would have a bottle of, of bourbon in my office. What? And we would we would start hitting it hitting the bourbon and we tell each other how great we are oh my God. God, we no it's you are, you're, you're the best we are so good. when do you have to turn that in morning, by the next morning you, oh god this show sucks. <laughs> <laughs> when do you have to turn that in hbo it goes out uh, around five o'clock on show night so we're, oh, we're, we're we're feeding it a couple hours before when's final edits you're going 4 30 4 45 is it like a punt is it crunch oh, time yeah but this is nothing because now we can feed and everything's done digitally in the past when we started in 07 we had a driver that actually drove the tape to new york city from mount laurel new jersey here Damn. and how's if traffic, the new jersey traffic. i'm not kidding if the new jersey turnpike was backed up and there was a major accident we had a helicopter on standby where we would fly the tape to New York City, land on a rooftop, run down the steps, and deliver it to HBO, put it in the machine, push play, just in time. That's how tight we cut it. This is your, this is, now I'm, I don't want to speak for anybody, you guys got big brains over there, but it sounds like your NFL film social media strategy should potentially be this shit that yeah. you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, you know, it feels like that is footage that the internet would love to see. Absolutely. And um, when you think, do you try to judge how a team's going to do while you're watching it? Do you, do you guys have that inside, like the Lions, for instance? I have no idea how many games they're going to win after watching last night, right? I know I'm a fan of their team. Sure. I know I, know I like their team. Sure. It's, it felt like I was watching a movie of what an NFL training camp is supposed to be like, like with the, you know, like the motivational quotes and the speeches and this and that. It's like, holy shit, this is out of a movie. Do you guys get a feel on how the team's going to be, or do you just ride the wave like us of almost emotionally? Yeah, I don't think we, we don't think we're that smart when it comes to actually knowing what football teams need to be great. We've been surprised so many times. But we buy in 100%. I mean, I can tell you that when a team that you are following and loving, uh, whether it's for Hard Knocks or another show, when they don't do well, I mean, we I've been in tears. Clown Town? Clown Town? Last year? Clown Town? Oh, God. We, yeah, look, give me that tears, hurt, dude. That was a joke. That broke our hearts. What you do, you do become – a fan of the team. You want that. We want the Lions to succeed. First of all, the trust they've shown in us to let us come in and do the show. And we go through this every year just to let us do this. Let us capture you at your workplace all day, every day for six weeks. Who would do that? And make a show. Put it on HBO. We are, we want nothing (laughs) more than for the Lions to, to, to have an incredible season and play the Cardinals in the NFC championship game. Well, we hope that happens as well. That'd be great news. Except for the Packers fans. It's not going to happen. Anybody else? They might, hey. This Lions might win some games. Shock the world. Yeah, yeah. Win six games. No, that Billy Jean moment. In tri- like, yeah, oh sweet. That whole team go. That's the number one overall pick. He just got done telling a team. Probably fifty guys in there have no money. Right? Uh, from Michigan signing bonus twenty two million. Everybody, woo! That happens every single time. That's supposed to be like a like knock them down a peg, kind of humble yourself in front of everybody. Then he comes out and just starts killing yeah, it, and them going crazy. That's massive for the moment. The team. I mean, you guys captured it great. Uh, last question here, go ahead, Connor. Yeah, Ken. Uh, when you do hard knocks, and then 
for instance, like Jared Goff, he was on it two years ago, now he's on it again. Do you tell him, like, hey, Jared, sorry, but, like, we already got your story. We're not going to really follow you this time. Or do you ask him, like, let's mix it up. Do you have a golf course in Detroit? <laughs> or, you know, what do you do with that type of situation? Repeat characters. Uh, listen, we we did not choose to, to follow Jared again, and he is such a good sport uh, that – we know there's other parts of his story to tell, and we're going to tell them this uh, this season for sure. Whoa. I mean, the last time we saw him, he was going to the Super Bowl, you know, as a Rams quarterback. Ooh. And now he's in Detroit in a, on a rebuilding team. <laughs> there's plenty to talk about with yeah. Jared Goff. That's we don't have to worry about yeah. finding him. A new storyline. We 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 have it, and we'll be talking about. It. He had a golf course in Los Angeles. Uh-huh. Super Bowl just got paid. How you know Jared Goff? This guy's so cool. All over everything. It's like Ryan Gosling. <laughs> and yeah. then and then just a couple months later, whatever, uh, Sean McVay gives a speech from a pool in Cabo on a Zoom call, saying we can either you know be okay, win nine games, ten games, or we can let our motherfucking nuts swing. Yeah. This is Sean McVay's actual words. And go get a great quarterback and win the world championship. Get him out of t- – hey, sorry about it, Goff. You're going to Detroit, dude. See, they get the sun maybe one month out of the entire maybe. year. Maybe. L.A., the golf course. You're not going to have the golf course open as much as it was out yeah. here. Nope. And they bring Matthew Stafford, and they win. That They win. Immediately. They, and Goff still being like an upbeat person, it seems like, still having that mm-hmm. self-confidence. That's awesome. That's a story that I think a lot of people will yeah. actually be interested to hear. I mean, a guy, a, a guy who is living where he was living in Los Angeles and returning to – uh, you know, a town where it's sort of blue collar personified. Yeah. I want to see how he is right. making that adjustment. Hey, don't be late. Don't be fat. Respect the game. Respect the shield. Goddamn right. Mm-hmm. rules, man. Um, before we get out of here, we can't thank you guys enough for joining us and for all the work you've done for NFL fans. Uh, I think we have another announcement to make. Really? really? Yeah, hashtag up to something season was a pretty busy one, wasn't mm-hmm. it, Keith? Hey, there was a lot going on that up to something season one there. We met, we met at the Super Bowl, just like we said we were gonna do. That's right. We have a sit down, we have a chat at the Super Bowl. We go into the NFL house. We'd never been in there. Me and Foxy walk in there. We have no, we're not even allowed in. Okay, first of all, it's entirely line. <laughs> Keith has to come nope. get us. We walk through. It's one of the most. You know, nice things I've ever been a part of. A lot of handshaking. Saw Greg Olson housing a couple oh, yeah. of whiskeys. Ooh, and I mean, it would look like it was a great time in there. Chat with the entire NFL Films team. Kind of laid the groundwork. Do you guys hate me or not? I think was that that was what that was. Oh, we, well, no. Ken we, shaking we, his head. Yes. I mean, that was, <laughs> Ken, that was what it was. I think, I think we were wondering if you hated us. No, ever, never. <laughs> so it was, it was a great meeting, great conversation. One thing led to another. Uh, continue conversations, continue negotiations, and. Uh, this upcoming season, with our partnership with the incredible folks at NFL Films, we will have NFL footage rights for the show every single day. Excuse wow. me? Yep. Uh, we will also be creating uh, probably an Emmy-winning, mic'd-up type thing, thing alongside <laughs> NFL Films. And uh, I don't think this has ever happened before. I don't know if this is – I think this is one of the first times that something like what we run has teamed up with NFL Films and the NFL. I want to tell you, we can't thank you enough. I'm very appreciative. You're going to make our show better, and hopefully we make NFL Films a little bit better as well. We are very lucky and a pump to be a part of it, Keith. We are We are so excited about this, Pat. We, we, love, we love McAfee. We love – I came out and met all you guys in that, in that studio – 
one morning, seeing you guys work, seeing how committed you are, it reminded me of the way we are back here. And what you guys have all built together is really special. What you've built, Pat, is special. And we could not be more excited at NFL Films to help build your show into something even bigger. Um, We're going to produce a weekly feature every week all season with you about the brilliance of our players in the NFL. The genius, the big brains who make it happen every Sunday. Uh, we're going to use our best footage. We're going to – Pat's going to pick the moments to, to spotlight. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. We're going to voice of Pat McAfee will be the voice of God. Come on. The NFL Films features the new Facenda <sighs> with a little bit of Pittsburgh ease. Hell yeah. Mm. Yings went down to the film and found out that in a cover two defense <laughs> against this particular <laughs> – No, it is, uh, it is an honor. We are very appreciative. We are very thankful. And uh, I hope we can showcase the NFL in a way that although a lot of people have done in the past, we want to do it in our own special way to hopefully grow the game and grow the league. I appreciate the hell out of you guys. Good luck with the next Hard Knocks. And I can't wait to do this season together with you. It should be a blast. We're going to have a blast. Thanks for having us. Ladies and gentlemen from NFL Films, one of our new partners, Ken Rogers and Keith Cosgrove. Joining us now is a man that will be able to dive into the vault at NFL Films and pull up some of his highlights. Ooh, hell yeah. If yeah. we would like to at any moment. Uh, he's a college football national champion, Super Bowl champion, Ryder Cup champion, COVID survivor. Ladies and gentlemen, AJ. Hi. AJ! We did it, AJ. You did it. I, I tell you what, I saw the last part of that uh, that interview. That was awesome, man. I, I instantly started thinking of what I games that I'm going to watch differently. Like, I want to watch and, and pick little things out that I can throw to you. I'd love to see you uh, voice over some of that. Well, not only that, but... I mean, there's going to be moments where you're going to be talking about somebody who led with their head or yeah. said mm-hmm. something. We're going to be able to literally pull clips for whatever. And we have a lot of minutes a week. Yeah, from like, whenever. We too. have a lot of minutes a week to use. Like, that's how they negotiate the deals, how many minutes of um, muted plays, all 22, like however you want it. That's how the negotiation goes. And the feature on top of it, we can pull back from back in the day. There's NFL clips that we're allowed to pull from. That's it. They're in their own buckets. I'm not sure they awesome. ever. I'm not sure they ever negotiated directly with a player or a host <laughs> probably not but like you should have seen me in the middle of a conversation they had to be so wildly confused because we'd start talking about something i'm like well what if just let's just say <laughs> i'm talking to blah 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 and there's a play from like 1998 that we would like to pull up how quickly can we you know because i'm not sure i'm going to think of that five minutes before the interview like is there a way during the show like if we get going or later where we can email and get a clip sent over to us. Now there's the way they handle their business over there is so, I mean, we have like a point person over there that we deal with directly. Who's going through the vault. Everything's filed. Everything's category. Boom. Send it over. We got people that stay up all night on Sunday, basically filing it all. It's, it, they, they're trying to make it as easy as possible. And I think it should make our show, but it should make our show better. AJ. I think it should. Yeah. I'd say, are you going to have a, like a full blown telestrator uh, in the Thunderdome? Um, That'd be great for the McAfee yes. cast and for this, I would imagine. Yeah. yeah, I do believe we have a... Uh, Just roll that screen over there. We can use that. I think we have like a 30-foot by 30-foot Telestrator, oh, I think. Here we that go. should be nice. At the new... Uh, we need 60 by 60. Well, <laughs> listen, listen. So that album. I thought we were potentially getting that, you know? And then when I was... No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Go ahead. So that album was... That was, a, was that a facetious album? What's when that? he said you have a Telestrator, you went, uh... uh yeah, yeah, yeah. 1,000%. Because I was trying to figure out... It's not an... It, we're going to have to utilize, uh, it's like an iPad, almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like what Orslovsky does on ESPN. Yes, yes, like that. I, I wanted the Exos, though. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we could, we could get one. We can't, actually. That yeah. was, that's become a whole thing. 
That's what I'm Getting a clicker? Really? Why? Yeah, because I don't know whether it's out. They said they only deal with NFL teams. Yeah, it's like <laughs> they would not like give us. Like, they would almost. Let's go get. Let's tell one of the tell somebody in, at the Colts or mm-hmm. somewhere else to send us one. Okay, I mean we should yeah. do that. I, I didn't. Well, I, I mean, there's plenty of them laying around. I'm sure in these billion multi-billion dollar franchises you should see this i'm fucking walking out of a negotiation with the nfl for rights to their footage and then i'm getting on a call with the exos people who are like nah sorry we only deal with people that matter i'm like what the fuck of course of course this is a thing that's happening right now everybody you're gonna want that clicker though to be able to run it back nice and slow and have nice smooth transitions hate to break to you you're gonna have to use this ipad that the Uh company was like hey we'll give you the equipment actually not that you're not good enough for equipment actually we will want it we will fucking we will put it in for you it's like all right well that's what we're doing so you're gonna have to get good with an ipad too pal you're gonna have to get good uh i got great uh, dexterity in my fingers Uh, okay sure yeah Got Yuck. We're going to have to get you one of them cartoon ones. Oh, that's right. Yeah. With like the, those cell phones that have two buttons. Yeah. Uh-huh. We'll call mom, call pops. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's going to be fast forward, slow it down, <laughs> rewind. We'll get that for you. All right. We'll get Thank that you. for you. No problem at all. Uh, but I'm very pumped, dude. I am. It's awesome. I am very, very excited for it. I'm very thankful for it. And I then, was thinking of like, you know me, like Harrison Smith. He, I love talking about his pre-snap disguise i'm thinking oh. of that like you voice over and some of that and how he baits the qb either into throwing himself an interception or he gets a sack because of something harrison smith does that you don't even notice on the regular broadcast things like that i'm kind of hoping too with our mic'd up thing now that's um that'll just be film i think i think that'll just be film that we'll yeah. run i'm kind of hoping with our mic'd up segment that we're doing with the um like the high football iq is basically what it's being kind of umbrella titled like, hey, this is what I kind of want to showcase. I'm not sure we got a big na- a name for it yet, actually. That's probably something we got to figure okay, out. Okay, here mm-hmm. we go. That's it. But that was kind of the category of it. Like, I, w- I want to showcase that there's levels to this shit. Like, when people are playing football in the NFL, this is not this is not like you're a guy in high school who's a good quarterback. Like, hey, there is – this is chess happening. At it's a- like Peyton. Remember, Peyton did a great job. What was What's the show detail, that ESPN Detail, posted? detail. Yeah, because like Daniel Cormier did it with fights. Like that was cool to see Peyton Kobe. talk through Kobe, it, and then he would circle different things that was going on. Like all of that was really cool. I want to hear that live though when they're mic'd up, like happening in the moment. Like, yeah. hey, oh, yeah. next, like you, even you. I don't know if you were ever mic'd up, but like even a linebacker saying like, hey, I know all week we were taught like when this happens, this thing. But anytime he's one foot off, like we are, like I like that type of stuff. Like the the players just being. The little things, too. Like the tiny little things that you'll never notice, but all of a sudden, you're like, hey, that had a big impact. Huge. Yeah, and then also, I think the reason why I want to do this is because as, you know, a person who's lucky enough to watch former players do their thing, whenever you hear average fan talk, like, about how players want input on plays and maybe how teams are being run and everybody's like, you're just a player or whatever, some of these players have been around football for fucking 40 years. You know, they, they, so let's assume their brain's also good mm-hmm. and football knowledge also good. I would like to showcase that. I would like to showcase that some of these players that pr- probably want more say in how the offense is run and how the building is run, like there's probably a reason why. Watch these motherfuckers operate in the middle of a game. Like watch what happens in the middle. Like Gronk, there's a guy that I wish He's retired, obviously. People talk about his football IQ just being, like, the highest of all time. Why he always gets open, why he doesn't take that whole thing. Like, would have loved to be able to showcase some of that. But we shall see who the next big brains are on the uh, gridiron.
A.J. Hawk? I think there will be a lot of them. It'll be cool to see, yeah, the players in real time, if you do have them mic'd up and you can go through something like that. Yeah, I mean, the op- it's endless what you can do with that. Now, with that being said, we are not, like, picking and choosing who gets mic'd up. NFL Films has yeah. a deal with the NFL mm-hmm. and the teams, how many players. So we just got to hope that the people that are mic'd up are around a situation <laughs> yeah, yeah. where yep. this happens. So there's a lot of, like, potential and what could happen, what couldn't happen. But they were so professional in NFL Films when they were talking to me. And it really felt like they do watch the show. Like, NFL Films, what they get, like, it, they whenever get it. they were talking to me, it was very much like a... Hey, what do you what do you want this to feel like? As opposed to, hey, this is what it's going to be. Like some people you talk to are much worse at their jobs than NFL films are. Like that is why I'm very, very thankful and excited about it. Yeah, and seeing the smarts and also just like playing against some guys. Like if you were just to do the mic'd up segments of whoever was on defense, like playing Lamar Jackson and what it's like to try oh, yes, and tackle exactly. Lamar. Like there's so many different ways to go about it with like the amount of footage and mic'd up segments that they have. It's just, it's unbelievable, isn't it? It's oh, unbelievable. Yeah. Big deal. Yeah. NFL Films just uh, tweeted out, let's get Don to business. Like, that's what I'm saying. Oh, hell yeah. Song. Like, they, they, they get it. They get it. You know what they I mean? Get they get it. Roger had to sign off on this. Goodle. Mr. Goodle. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mr. Goodle. He did. <laughs> he had to, they had to give, I guess the NFL had to give approval. So I would assume that's, I'm not sure. There thank you is. to Roger Goodle. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Goodle. Thank, thank you, Goodle. How about Bob Walton saying that? All right, let's dive into some more stuff happening around the NFL instead of just bragging about getting rights for the first time. (laughs) This is a big deal, though, I guess. You know, because I said, like, I'd like to be able to speak, though. You know, like, I would like to be able to say, look. Who, okay, who all has rights? As of now, like, who has rights to the NFL right now? So they do the deals with the parent companies. Basically, every person that has rights or every company that has rights is a company that has games, like some sort of game package, right? Yeah. But I believe there is some off deals that they have with some networks. So I'm not sure we're the first show that hasn't had games. Maybe no network, I guess, is the first thing we could say. But it is the first time, I think, where I'm going to be able to say, like, you know, I don't think they want me to just... Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Right. Shit. 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 But I'm gonna like that was a big part of the conversation. Like they were like, we think you would just do you. If we were to change you, it wouldn't work. I'm like, agreed. I happy. Now I did have to pay for these rights. Of course. Let's not get crazy. I did Mm -hmm. it. Two way street. It is two way. They're giving us rights. Yep. We're giving them money. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is a thing. But the whole negotiation process went really well, and hopefully, we'll open up the game a little bit more to more people. And. uh we're lucky to do it. All right, let's bounce around a little bit. Sean McVay is an absolute... Oh, no, no. Hard knocks. Your thoughts. Dude, have to get into it. It was unbelievable, was it not? That was a great episode. That was a movie last night, AJ. Yeah, it, it did. It felt like that. Like It was, man, Like it was action-packed from start to finish, I feel like, just with all the different Dan Campbell and then Deuce and Aaron Glenn going at it, obviously, the whole time. And then there's a lot of physicality out there. They're doing, like, open-field tackling one-on-one drills, taking them to the ground. Yes. Like that. For people that don't know, that doesn't happen a whole lot in the NFL. <laughs> That's why I think while I was watching it last night, I was going, oh, this is a movie of what an NFL training camp is supposed to look like. like and when- I like how they all killed the Guardian caps, too. Well, Barry Guardian, <laughs> they said this thing, it's heavy as hell. Coaches are laughing. Well, that's all ex-players, right? Aaron Glenn's going. Yeah. Hey, but then they got on their talking sorry. points real quick. <laughs> What's that? They got on their talking points real quick, though. Well, you know, 10% and then two players, 10%. 10%, 10% 20%. 10, 20. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, here we go. Hey, they were informed after they gave their actual answer. What are your thoughts on a Guardian? Every ex-player, just like AJ, slaw, looks like trash. <laughs> it's heavy, it's bigger, makes no sense. I don't know what we're doing. And then they uh, they run that to NFL Films and to the NFL, and the NFL's like, Dr. Allen Sills is like, well, somebody remind them that it is a 10%? 
difference in saving you from a concussion, and that's just for each person. So let's say three people hit each other. Guess what? 30%. That's 30% better. Wow. So then they run that message back while he's still sitting there for the interview. Uh, we just didn't know if you knew the stats. 10% better on the injuries or whatever. You're right. You're right. Uh, it does save people, though, from concussion. <laughs> it was. You're right. The talking points did Did seem- you see? One of my favorite parts of the episode was flew under the radar when Dan Campbell is sitting there and he asked the O-lineman, what he's looking, he's like, no, oh, this is interesting. You can't really hear it. Don't really hear like the sound. And then he asked him, what, what's it feel like with that on? And he wanted to say, like, man, I need to hear the pads popping. Mm-hmm. Like, I need to see, I need to hear this. Like, it doesn't sound right with these things on. By the way, when he said that, I thought about that too. I was like, you're right. Yeah. Like, the helmet's busting is a classic sound at training camp. And That's fo- what I remember. Go, I don't know if you remember Plum. Well, you, soccer, I'm sure you did go watch some football. I would go watch my older brothers oh, yeah, at, yeah. Play, at high school, at their high school practice, and just how it sounded was like scary like it scared me to death like geez why does it sound so different here than it does here in middle school or sixth grade that sound is synonymous with training camp i think like back in the day when they would show highlights of people getting jacked up going into commercial break Mm -hmm. when they would go to commercial break or uh, leading in for hard knocks it was always the sound of helmets bashing into each other and now it's like two guardians you know, <laughs> I thought Dan Campbell was putting on a fucking helmet. Did you not think that? He's like, what's it feel like, he, man? I thought he was. Give I'm me your sure helmet, he man. wants to. He's going to take somebody on with that on it. I, I want to know how it feels. Why? Because you hate no, him. Not against him. Because you hate it. Dan Campbell you had big what? head, huh? You don't want to go against that guy? He did 40 up down straight before <laughs> practice started. What are you talking about? After he fell over his small dogs and broke his wrist. <laughs> I didn't think I was going to make it, man. <laughs> My wrist, I taped it up. 40. Dude, they Those got- little doggy gates, are, they'll get you, man. Oh, we used to have the kids in front of the steps. They took me out multiple times. King Curry, if you're not paying attention, especially if you got two pots of coffee, I mean, it's yeah, hard oh, to yeah. fucking see everything. He's lucky he didn't get bashed by the glass that came out. Yeah. But those 40 up downs, AJ, I was alarmed. I was alarmed they did 40 up downs. I was impressed, too. We buried that one guy for not getting all the way up and all the way down. Would like to take that completely back. Uh, I wouldn't have been able to get up after 20. I think that would have been a real push for me, too. Like, getting to 20 would have been a problem. Those 15 to 20 would have looked bad. 40 up downs before fucking practice. That was insane. But it felt like everybody's all in, doesn't it? It feels yeah. like everybody's all in. AJ. It definitely does. I mean, now all you got to do is win games. That's all you have to do. And Dan Campbell will be yeah. a cult hero forever in Detroit. He was regretting it. What? Twenty in? Probably fifteen. Oh, Dan Campbell too. That's so, he tried to. Remember, he's trying to get his breath. He knows he's mic'd up. He's walking circles. Trying. I'm like, I know how you feel, man. I, I'm there. With you. Arms on. Arms on. Wasn't bending over. There's no fucking shot in hell they were going to catch MCDC mic'd up bent over. Him walking. Oh, the team is doing their own thing. Other coaches are talking. MCDC, give me a minute, man. <laughs> yeah. Give me a minute, man. Take it to table. Good work. Good work. There was a one point. He looked like this big fucking ape at one point. He was, I think he was like doing his hair like this. Oh, yeah. Hey, he was squint, squinting into the sun. Where's Gonzo at? <laughs> and then he was, oh, you're, you're up, man. Yeah, team you're up, yeah, and he sits down. Yeah. Like, this guy is awesome. This guy is fucking awesome, dude. I've never seen a team run like this before, ever. AJ, ever. No. I don't think it's. I don't think it's happened before. We're seeing it first. Speaking I, of that, you two NFL players been a lot of NFL practices, and I thought it was awesome. But was the deuce and Aaron Glenn? Was that maybe counterproductive to the practice at all? Or so coaches talk shit. I, I like whenever coaches are competitive. I like when coaches you feel as if the coaches want to win just as bad as you do and do that. 
Deuce and AG was tear laughter moment for me. So I'm going to assume that I wasn't used to seeing something like that. (laughs) That's why I decided to cry from laughing so hard. That was some real shit talk there. I mean, that was real. I mean, normally during those team periods, there's a lot of conversation in between plays from coaches and players. But it it felt like, you know, they're setting the tone. AJ, Mm -hmm. they're setting the goddamn tone. Competitors. I tell you what they are, and they're, they, their players must be squared away because there's not a whole lot of time in between plays and practice, and these guys are going at it. So it does keep – I mean, it makes sense, though. Like, this, this practice is full of juice at all times, and this just adds to it. If you see, like, hey, my coach – look how much our coach cares about this. Like, he, he is so competitive. He wants to kill his best friend that he just said he loves. Loves. I love you. I love you too, man. <laughs> what do you think about this? I love that man. What do you think about AG? I love that man. Now, I'm going to fucking kill him in between the lines, though. I'm going to kill him. So the whole thought that Dan Campbell did not know that was going to take place, right? Mm -hmm. Because he's in the background of the first team period, it appears, and Swift or somebody busts through, and Deuce Staley, instead of going, out of baby Swift or anything like or the offensive line that maybe did a block, he goes right to Aaron Glenn, where the fuck you at? (laughs) Like I'm sure Dan Campbell, whoa, man, I didn't. Well, all right. Hey, gotta do what you gotta do, man. Like the whole thought of just us witnessing the first thing happen a lot of the time. Because Dan, I think, wants to be like Kelvin Shepard talked about it. He was thinking about cutting his dreads to like look like what he thought an NFL coach is supposed to look like. That was awesome. That was a great part of the show. I'm glad that happened. Hell yeah. And Kelvin Shepard, by the way, great teammate. I was teammates with him. He used to bring, I mean, he was dog out there. So like be loved in a locker room too. So whenever he said that about Dan, I was like, I, I respect the hell out of that. Like Dan just wants everybody to be their true selves, be authentic and want to win almost. And whenever he sees Deuce and AG going at it, just, I, I mean, I didn't expect that, man, but fuck. These guys are getting after it. you got to love that. Deuce looks like he'd still go, by the way. He sprinted up to AG mm-hmm. from, like, what, 20 yards away? Mm-hmm. And I'm still here. I Do people forget how good Deuce was? Like, great oh, yeah. cruiser with great feet, too. Wiggle. Great personality. I bet you he was a great teammate. I fucking bet. After what, all those guys, 80-plus seasons of tra- players, training camps, uh, and the coaching staff. like Two Super Bowl champions. That's bananas. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely hey, I love Hank Fraley's their, their uh, O-line coach, too. I love that dude. Beast. Robert Morris guy. Hit Bobby Moe, I didn't yeah. know that. Him talking. Was it him that talked about it? He was talking. Right? He did a, a thing last night. He had yeah, he had a couple. Yeah, they went Mark through. Mark Brunel. Good to see him. Yeah, Brunel, yeah. too. Hey, he could spin it more back in the day. Fuck Mark yeah. Brunel. Them being the Broncos, they showed some clips of that in the playoffs. And the lefties mm-hmm. are always just so clean, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everything they do, it's just all 19 little. seasons, he said. Well, that's because he had to play, right, for a long time. Great player. What happened? Huh? Why? Does what he, do he love the game? I think he was... certainly loved the game. Yeah. I think he got bamboozled. Though. He did. Unfortunately, uh, inflatable furniture went belly up, and I think he had quite, quite a bit invested in it. He's coaching. So I, I there's think... no way he put all of his money in inflatable furniture. I think he lot. put a sizable amount yeah. in. I mean, it's he a thought good it was idea. the next big thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love those sense. blow up couches, though. Those are cool. Well, I don't, yeah. think, I don't think blow up couches. I think it was floating just in case yeah. a hurricane comes. Exactly. Florida. So you can look at it out in the water, like floating down the street. And say, well, hey. I think the issue was they were in furniture was in the house. Mm-hmm. So yeah. then when it started floating, this, the roof was in a way at some point. $50 million is what Zito just told me in my ear. Yeah. It's so, like, hey, maybe think about it first. You know, oh, it's like Kurt Schilling in the baseball thing. Bingo. This is the guy Gaming. in Jared Goff's ear. Yeah. Okay. He's a quarterback. Five, coach. Did you see five and twelve? Did you see the? Whoa. 
<laughs> Five and twelve. We're talking football, not investments here. Did you Absolutely. see the pitch deck of these floating yeah. furnitures? Uh huh. You Absolutely. didn't see the pitch deck. It was awesome. No, no, I'm sure it was top tier. You know, Kurt Schilling, he lost about fifty million in video games too, so I, I know how that goes. But. Five and twelve. Uh, listen, I'm, I don't believe yeah, that's the case. And Mark Brunel probably got humbled by that entire thing. He seemed to be an incredibly cool guy to be around. Nineteen yeah. years as a quarterback could have been a douche, like yeah, very yeah. easily, yeah. very easily could have been a douche. Instead, he seems like he's the perfect guy for Jared Goff. He's been there, he's done that, mm-hmm. and all the guys that they got, uh, players that are coaching now, seems like they were all dogs too. Oh yeah, yeah. like Shep yeah. was a dog. So like when Shep is teaching his linebackers, like this is what you got to do. Like there's no. You know, like me as a former player, if I was the coach, guy's like, hey, my legs are sore or whatever. I'm like, all right, dude, take the day off. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I would not be very, I would not hold on. Like, whatever. Are you going to do your job on Sunday perfectly? All right, cool. Okay. Do whatever the fuck you got to do then. That, I think there's a lot of accountability still coming through these players, which is why I think their resume, meeting the fact that they have that coach's DNA, it could be great. But to your point, I, I never saw full tackle through the ground you know chipping number one overall pick nice uh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean that is he's gonna learn man i mean uh-huh. that's coming his way he had to see i think aiden i think he felt hawkinson outside he's like here we go yeah of course he's here but he's not gonna chip me right now practice. right this is practice he's gonna blindside me to my ACL. he got up and tried to chase him down a little bit started laughing almost oh, yeah. and then mcdc's asked about it by a reporter who was thinking the same things we were by the way the reporter was like is this shit just gonna happen to a number one overall pick He'll learn, man. He's like, got to know, man. I'm a sponge. I, I bet it won't happen yeah. again, man. That's the thing about Aiden. Him and Penne is a good. Oh, yeah. yeah. Very yeah. good. Yeah. That's a good thing to have there. That's like a one wide receiver in a one corner. We are talking uh-huh. about for Jackson State, remember, yep. mm-hmm. where they got the number one wide receiver. And everybody's like, well, you go to Alabama, you get great competition, you get better. And it's like, well, if he brings in number one corner, those two guys can literally make each other better. With Penne being number one overall for them last year, yep. and eight, they're going to be together for a long time going. Yep. And there's, it, does, it seems like shit ain't going to be sweet either. Like They're going to be forced yeah. to compete oh, yeah. every yeah. single day there, too. They're saying Penne has been dominating every single day, no matter who's against him. Too. That's good for Aiden. It's time for the segment that we enjoy every single week. We're an international show, and we try to dive a little bit more into the intimacies of each NFL team with a segment that we like to call Feel the Beat. We shall feel the beat with some beat reporters joining us now out of New Orleans. Beat reporter for the Saints, ladies and gentlemen, Nick Underhill. Hey, baby Nick. Hey, baby Nick. How's the weather down there, Nick? Uh, not too bad, not too bad today, man. It was a little bit cooler. We didn't have to sweat too much, but uh, in general, yeah, it's been it's been uh, basically like sitting in hell to watch uh, football practice. Yeah, like 150 degrees right down the bayou, 100 uh, percent per, uh, humidity. Mm. Do you think that helps the team? You know, kind of uh, shape that team in the middle of hell, hotter than any other team on earth. Do you think that helps the Saints in their mindset, Nick? I mean, they play in a dome. I mean, you know, they like to keep it tough. Uh, Sean Payton, the last couple of years, you were starting to see a little bit more inside practice. Dennis Allen being the new coach, they're trying to be outside a little bit more. So I think they like to set that tone a little bit. But I don't really, you know, I don't really think it it makes a difference uh, too much as far as uh, making them tougher or anything like that. Well, maybe. Who knows? But uh, (laughs) let's go. Let's dive right into it. Sean Payton isn't there for the first time in a long time. Is there a different vibe around camp? What do you think about the team as a whole? And are they taking on to Dennis Allen being the head coach? You know, it's a little bit surprising because it it doesn't really feel like a story because of how normal it's been here. Practices look pretty much the same. And they wanted that. That's why they hired Dennis Allen. They wanted the continuity. They liked their coaching staff. 
in, you know, really looking outside of the building for a different coach for a team that has been successful. This wasn't a team that bottomed out. So I think with the players, if they wouldn't have stuck with somebody that was part of the system, it would have felt a little bit phony. It would have felt like maybe punishing them for something that, you know, they didn't do. So, so keeping everything the same, I think it's helped them. They've got off to a fast start. And there is a little bit of difference. I think there's a little bit more looseness around the team than in years past. Sean was a pretty intense guy down to the point that, you know, you heard stories about him yelling at people for not having the right number of Sharpies in a bucket and stuff like that. I don't think DA's uh, going after things quite that way. So, you know, I think there's a little bit of a different tone, but, it, but overall it kind of feels like a Saints training camp. What's uh, Jameis Winston's situation like right now? Foot injury, it's day-to-day. I don't think it's a big deal. Uh, they're going to bring in K.J. Costello, the former Mississippi State quarterback, just to kind of help with some reps. Probably won't play this weekend against Houston. It'll be interesting to see uh, next week if he practices against Green Bay, but it, it doesn't sound like it's going to be a big deal. But, you know, I think he's playing uh, pretty good so far. He hasn't thrown an interception in team drills, 40-60 overall, a couple picks in seven-on-sevens. But, you know, the thing that I'm seeing with him, he's getting the ball out quicker. He's making good decisions. And that was the big issue last year was kind of the quick game with him. And it looks like that he's focused on that and it is uh, working a little bit better for them. So Taysom Hill uh, did an interview, I think, with Saints.com and talked about how, I don't know how he worded it. The tone was like, he's not exactly thrilled he's no longer a quarterback or not in the quarterback conversation. Is that or is that a quote misconstrued or is, that, is Taysom Hill still want to be the quarterback of that team down there? I thought that that was no longer a thing. And... What is Taysom going to be used in this particular offense with Sean Payton out of town? So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's something that I think he still identifies as. I think deep down he wants to be a quarterback. He has quarterback oh, incentive God. still in his contract. What if, and- he has, what if he has on his Twitter? Taysom Hill, <laughs> QB slash. Oh, come on. Yeah. Single yeah. Call <laughs> you know, but, but when he sits down, you know, I think he still pictures himself as a quarterback, and that's something that I don't think he's ever really going to let go of, but. He's embracing the other role. He's in the tight end meeting room. They're going to use him similar to how they, they've used him in the past. I think that maybe it'll be a little bit more selective, you know, as far as where he's getting the snaps. But I think there's going to be times that we still see him uh, line up under center, take a snap, do a QB power run. But, um, yeah, I mean, he, he's he's with the tight ends. He's learning how to block, you know, and for the first time ever, he's kind of in that room thinking about things from a different perspective. So, it's going to be interesting to see if he has success at that position he has in the past. He caught a touchdown today. So I think things are going uh, okay for him, but I don't think he's ever going to let go of that quarterback dream completely. Okay. Well, it seems like other people are making that decision for him. We're excited to see Taysom Hill. Let's bounce around. The offense steals all the storylines. Obviously, Alvin Kamara, we're still – is that just lingering? Is, it, is there any other information that you guys know about what could potentially happen with him? Because he, when he's on a football field – I mean, that, the team he's playing for is probably going to win. It just feels like with Alvin Kamara, with how good he is. Mm-hmm. But that whole fight in Vegas, it's still just lingering. Is there any other information that we don't know about? So, yeah, he was in court recently. It got extended again. I think he's due back in September. I think the uh, the hope here is to keep this thing, uh, you know, delayed as long as possible and make it a next year situation. I think if the video doesn't come out, if the case keeps getting delayed, I don't think the suspension comes until the, there's, there's a resolution to that. So... You know, I think they're hoping it's a year away. Uh, but, yeah, I think it's it's just delayed and kind of in a holding pattern right now. I saw uh, Marcus Davenport was taken off of Pup. Do they expect him to be full go by the start of the regular season? They do. I mean, that that's the issue with him, though. I mean, the, the injuries keep coming back. It's not a talent thing. I think he's arguably the most talented player on this defense. And when he's playing well, I mean, he's 
he's he's a game wrecker and it affects everything. You saw last year with Cam Jordan, he really wasn't doing much early in the season. Davenport comes back, those numbers return. David Onyemata started playing better. So he's extremely important to the things they do. He's uh, progressing. You know, it's, it's he's doing a little bit more each practice. I think the hope is week one for him. But, you know, he has to figure out how to play with that pinky missing. He got a pinky amputated uh, this offseason. So there's, a you know, a couple little things that, that he still needs to overcome and that he's getting used to. But I think the hope is that he'll be uh, good to go uh, week one. You say he got a pinky amputated? Yeah, he got an infection. He had a surgery and uh, he's got an infection and had to get his uh, pinky on his one hand amputated. Damn, moment of silence for his pinky. Th- that's a shame. Oh, yeah. Wow. That is like a that is a, massive. That is a bummer for him, man. Yeah. Hey, I know he'll deal with it. Hey, uh-huh. no, he'll deal with it. Man, Pinky had a good run. Go ahead, Ty. Nick, it seems like uh, the Saints offense last year after Jameis got hurt was pretty bare bones with the exception of Kamara. How has Michael Thomas looked? Because I think a lot of people assumed that, uh, you know, they didn't know if he was going to be all back, like all the way back. All signs report to him looking unbelievable. And I think a lot of people forget that they drafted Chris Olave in the first round, too. Like, how have those two guys looked uh, so far? You know, I, I'm kind of like reluctant to say it, but if you go out here, you watch Mike Thomas practice, it looks like 2019. It looks like nothing Woo, happened. You overreacting, Nick? You overreacting right now? He had three catches today. He had a sideline catch with Bradley Roby in tight coverage. We see him cutting the violence when those cuts are there. He's getting open in those short areas. All the stuff that he was that made him a special player, you know, and that was the concern. The ankle goes, he's a plant and cut guy. Everything's violence, everything's sharp movements. It's not, it's not speed. He's getting open the way he used to get open, so uh, it, it looks it looks normal. He looks he looks like himself. He's getting all those targets. He's uh, he's asserting himself in these practices the way he used to. Chris Olave looks incredible, leading catch getter in camp so far. Oh, oh. Um, really good chemistry with Jameis Winston. That deep ability, I think, is something that's going to open up the offense a little bit and maybe make him uh, a favorite target of Jameis, just because I think his game blends with Jameis's game maybe a little bit better than the other guys. But like I said, they're working on that quick game. It looks better, and, you know, I don't think Mike's ever going to be 149 catches or, or whatever it was before, but I think he's going to have a good season, and, and he looks very much like himself. And, you know, the, the level of concern just with each day, it looks like he's doing more and more and looks more and more normal. We're talking to Nick Underhill at Nick underscore Underhill. Okay. Say that 10 times. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we were going to ask about Trevor, but uh, there's been enough chat about the left tackle being an absolute – Dog. Dog at training camp. So my last question for you as we move on and continue to feel the beat and we can't thank enough for your time. What is the local uh what do you guys think the season's gonna be? Is this like uh how are you guys expecting this season to go? Because the Saints have garnered a little bit of conversation here over the last couple of weeks about hey, maybe they surprise the people in the NFC, which is very top heavy. What do you guys think that are covering day to day down there on expectations? I, I think a fair prediction is probably ten eleven wins. You know, if everything goes right, okay. they're on the right side of that. Okay. But, uh, you know, it, it really all comes down to Jameis. Jameis made good decisions last year. I think, you know, you kind of saw him process things a little bit better. I think he needs to make quicker decisions this year. I think that that's the next hurdle for him. But uh, if he stays out of trouble, everything's there for them to be a really good team. They're loaded on offense. The defense looks really good so far. So, you know, if Alvin doesn't get suspended and a couple things work out the right way, I think 10-11 wins is, is a pretty reasonable expectation. We appreciate you, fa- uh, pal. Follow along at Nick underscore Underhill. Ladies and gentlemen, Nick Underhill. Thank you, pal. Yeah. Yeah.
Look at us riding the beat, ain't it? Hell yeah. Riding the beat, AJ, when the beat hits your bones, you can't help move your soul. That's what we're doing when we feel the beat every single week it goes. You know, the whole thing about it is we are getting a little bit inside look at how the locals think mm-hmm. about the team. Because there'll be something we'll say on this show where it'll get clipped and put on the Twitter, and then there'll be people like, oh, look at how national narrative is versus the local narrative. I enjoy this little intimate mm-hmm. setting that yes. we've done with this Feel the Beat, AJ. I, I like Nick Underhill, too. He reached out to us and said, hey, if you want to do a Feel the Beat with uh, the New Orleans Saints, I would be honored to be a part of it. We can't thank Nick Underhill enough. I feel like I learned a lot there. Michael Thomas, all the way back, Let's it go. feels like, AJ. Yeah. These are the people that are with the team every single day. They're in the locker room talking to these guys. They, they get to watch every single rep and practice. So, obviously, they're going to have a lot more info than we do. Yeah, and also, sometimes those guys can get a little jaded. Oh, yeah, that can happen. Maybe if they get passed over for national gigs that they feel like they deserve. Well, not. I'm just talking about with the team. They're with the team every day. Mm-hmm. So, sometimes yeah. if you're with something every single day and entrenched in it every single day, there's a chance that it can maybe spoil a little bit. feels like everybody we've talked to with Feel the Beat has, like, love for the team that they're covering, and I respect and appreciate that, AJ. I mean, I think it's that's the best part about it. Like, these people are invested. They don't have to be homers and carry water for the team, but they, they love Curry. the team. They want them to win. Well, everybody's carrying water, and it, that, that's what our job is. That's why we created this whole new segment. Let's continue to feel the beat. Feeling the beat. Let's continue. Let's go over to uh, let's go over to New Jersey, New York area. Okay. okay. An absolute stallion. A man who's been around forever covering the Giants in fantastic fashion. NorthJersey.com and USA Today. He's a beat reporter for the Giants for Record Sports. Ladies and gentlemen, Art Stapleton. Yeah. Look at you, big What's going on, man? What's up, fellas? How you doing? Hey, thank you so much for joining us. I know you're very busy. This is a new segment called Feel the Beat. We need your brain, so thank you for mm-hmm. taking time out of your day to chit-chat with us. Let's go into it. Daniel Jones looks terrible. Is that what's going on? <laughs> or is Daniel Jones, the clips that we're seeing on Twitter, aren't accurate depiction of his actual day-to-day here at Giants camp? Well, you guys tell me. If the defense knows all your signals and they're reading the plays and they know where the ball's going... How's that going to work out for the quarterback? I'd say not too well. I mean, I think I'd pump the brakes a little bit. The proving ground for Jones is going to be September and October before we start overreacting for where he's is. Look, look, we all know the deal. This is it. It's 2022 or bust for Daniel Jones and the Giants. And I think maybe we pump the brakes a little bit and see how Brian Dayball and Mike Kafka can get this thing rolling a little bit before we're ready to uh, – ship Daniel to the sideline for good. I respect it. Well, right behind Daniel, Saquon Barkley, I feel like reports are seem very, very positive on how Saquon has looked. Is that true in, in what you've seen? Yeah, he has. Uh, he looks as healthy as he's been in, in, I'd say, two years. You know, he's fully recovered now from the ACL. He lowered his shoulder the other day in a run in a thud period, knocked the cornerback back, and really is what ignited that little brawl that they had the other day. Feliciano. A couple plays later. Yeah, Feliciano playing dead, getting pulled out of the, <laughs> the pile. It, it was, uh, you know, I, I think it was one of those things where Brian Dayball, when he put together the schedule, he probably had in that period an instigate, thud, fight. Because that it was one of those things where you guys have been around long enough. We saw it coming. It, oh, yeah. it was coming. The heat was it was going. So uh, Saquon looks good. I mean, but look, it, he's facing a similar situation with than Daniel Jones. Uh, he's got to produce this year and, and to force the Giants 
to want to keep him around for next year. So is this a kind of a wash year, no matter what, for Dayball? If they do well, great. If they don't, all right, we're getting a new quarterback. We're doing a whole new era anyways. Is that the vibe going into season, you think? Well, Pat, let's just say this. Last year, if you entered December with the way the Giants were and they had their situation, and you asked John Mara and Steve Tisch to an extent, is Joe Judge safe? I think they would have said, let's finish the season. Let's not have any mishaps and embarrassments on national television. And Joe Judge will be back for his year two. You know, Pat Shermer was fired after year two. Ben McAdoo was fired in year two. And they had made the playoffs. So I think Dayball gets this year to put his program together. But we've seen crazy things happen here in New York. So uh, I don't think the pressure's on Joe Shane, the general manager, and Brian Dable. I think they're going to be given time. But, you know, Joe Judge was also, to be fair, Joe Judge was told that he was going to be given time and patience, and he was out after two years too. So it's getting getting late early in New York. Well, that's hilarious that the owner's like, I wish you had more time. time. Well, you're the one that could give me more time. Yeah, but I ain't fucking having these conversations about why our team is bad with the other owners. Remember in that? He's the one that came oh, yeah, out yeah. and said, I'm tired of telling people why my team sucks. And that almost, I don't want to say that puts an entire pressure through the entire building, but it feels like that's why they've been operating in the way that they have. They've spent money too, right? The Giants have spent money. Oh, yeah. They've done everything they have to do. The offensive line better. You bring in Feliciano. Signs got to be up, right, Art? You know, I think the arrows are up, but I think you have to have guarded optimism. I, I, you know, they have a lot of young players playing in a lot of different places. You know, Xavier McKinney at safety could raise his game in year three, and all of a sudden next year we're talking about him being a top ten player at his position. You know, the two tackles, rookie Evan Neal and then Andrew Thomas going into his third year, I believe he's going to raise his game. I think he was a lot better last year than people gave him credit for. Uh, they spent money, but this regime didn't spend money. The regime... The past regime with general manager Dave Gettleman spent money and Joe Shane had to pay for it this year. And I think uh, as a new general manager, knowing what it took to build up in Buffalo, uh, they, they're going to look at this year as, you know what, we want to win, we want to compete. But 2023 and beyond is when you're going to see this team start making moves. They were in cap hell, guys, and they really That's needed real. to get out of it. That's not yeah. real. Or, oh, actually, one year it can be yeah, real, yeah. and uh -huh. then it's not real forever. It was real. It was real because they had – players who are no longer here and they're yeah. still paying for them. So that's the cash over cap nightmare there. Mm -hmm. If you get rid of players exactly. and turn over, then you got to take one year of just getting your ass kicked in the cap. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, Art, how has uh, Kayvon Thibodeau looked on defense? He seems to kind of be their guy over there now. Is he already kind of a leader? Or is he still getting used to the NFL game? He's uh, He's been phenomenal, honestly, considering everything that was said about him pre-draft. You wonder where guys – I almost I said to somebody yesterday, I wonder if it was people, teams in the teens that were the ones that were leaking all the stuff about Kayvon not being a team player and being yeah, all about his brand yeah. and all that stuff because he's been on the field. And let's be honest, guys, we expected – you know, when you hear Kayvon and you see him on shows and you see – you think this big personality. Now, granted, he has a big personality – but he's not you, Pat. He's on the field. Wow. He is so purposeful. If you're expecting to see him put on a show the way Odell Beckham Jr. did when he was here with the Giants, you know, pregame catches and stuff like that, it's not happening so far for Thibodeau. He's been focused. Uh, he's been zeroed in. And I, I think they like the idea that he seems very content with knowing that the football – will get him to all the other stuff. The main thing, the main thing. Keeping the main thing. If he doesn't get the foot if he doesn't get the football right, the brand doesn't matter. And I think so far, 
I think that's the one thing that the Giants need to embrace as a fan base is that they may have arguably one of the best defensive players in the league already if he comes through the way they hope he get, he does. And then we'll see. Year two, year three. You talk to enough people, there's a difference between wanting to be the next Michael Strahan or wanting to be Carl Banks or mm. idolizing Lawrence Taylor and actually coming here and listening to what those guys have to say. Oh, and okay. so far, Kayvon has listened to what those guys have to say. Now it's about action. Let's see what he does out on the field. Nice. What about Evan Neal? I know they've been showing early on in camp a lot of their their one-on-one pass rush moves. How has Evan Neal progressed through camp? You know, he, he is switching up his technique. Bobby Johnson wants more aggressive pass sets. And from what they were describing yesterday, uh, I talked to Shane Lemieux on, on my podcast, and he said, you know, the difference is that there are a lot of coaches who teach the passive. You want to let the guy come to you. We're more aggressive this year, and there's a lot to catch up to the speed of the game. I think Evan Neal in the run game is is going to be an offensive lineman that the Giants have not had in a very long time. There's the best sight for Giants fans on the offensive side of the ball this year, to me, is Evan Neal out in space with Saquon Barkley behind him because Neal just swallows up defenders. So there's a little bit of a learning curve. It's going to be very interesting to see Neal out there against the Patriots in the preseason, uh, and then obviously after that. But I think he, I think he's a good one at, at right tackle. We're feeling the beat right now with beat writers around the NFL talking to Art Stapleton. Art, you have been fantastic. Last question before we let you go, and we can't thank you enough for your time. Once again, you're a legend in this game. Uh, what's the expectation record-wise? How many wins with the local uh, reporters of the Giants? How much are they expecting, and how much is the conversation about, you think? I think really it's sitting around six wins, Pat. I, you know, I don't think you can they've, – they've got a rough start. You know, I mean, they're starting off in Tennessee. You know, look, if they win that one, then all of a sudden the conversation changes. But uh, I think there's a four-game stretch. If Seattle's down, if Houston's down, if Detroit isn't what everyone thinks they are after seeing hard knocks. <laughs> wow. You know, Giants have a stretch of like three or four games where – if they really start to click with this offense and the defense plays well with Wink Martindale, then maybe they can get on a little bit of run in October. But uh, I, I just think it's a lot to ask. This roster still needs work. I think Joe Shane has done a good job getting it to this point, but they have a lot to make up for and the mistakes they've made in previous years. So I'll go six wins. Anything more than that, I think the Giants would be thrilled. All right. Well, we appreciate you. We're thrilled that you took time for us, ladies and gentlemen. Art Stapleton, thank yeah. you, buddy. Yeah. That was awesome. He was very good. Yeah, huh? let's go. There you go. Six Legend. wins. That's you guys suck. All right, Bruce. Yeah, Yikes. Yet again, here we go. Hey, sorry about it. Yeah, sorry. This is Saquon's entire career, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, and Dan Jones. Mm -hmm. Oh man, I love watching those guys play whenever they're playing. Too. Dan Jones has wheels. Wheels yeah. over rush yards every time. Yep. Over longest rush every mm -hmm. single time. Uh -huh. I guess uh, there's some. You know, footage coming out of training camp that Daniel Jones doesn't look great. Art said, let's give the guy a shot. I mean, yeah. Defense says exactly what he's doing. What do you want him to do? What do you no, want the signals, too. He said they know his signals. That's smart defense. They should be winning a lot. Yeah. If they know the signals of everything, oh, he's doing the fucking, it's gone. Here we go. <laughs> that's crazy if that's happened in training camp already, but I love it. Uh, let's continue to, hey, let's feel the beat. <laughs> We're feeling a beat. I don't think you feel shit over there, AJ. Yeah, so I'm feeling it a little bit. This is a great segment for us because we learn more about teams than we've ever had in the past. Joining us now, a repeat beat speaker. What? Ladies and gentlemen from the Pittsburgh Steelers, Mark Cabal. Yeah, Mark! Yeah. Mark. 
Mark, how's it going, Paul? Pretty good, pretty good. How are you guys doing? Hey, Mark, not bad. Uh, you're right for the athletic, and obviously you've covered the Steelers for the last 20 years. Uh, is this normal? Is this what happens every single training camp? We just got shown a photo during our conversation with Art Stapleton. Uh, you were carted off the field today. Are you okay? Uh, is, was this uh, was this planned? Did you tear an well, Achilles? What's going on, Mark? Well, I be honest with you, I tore two Achilles in this past in the span of ten weeks back in November through February. So I'm still healing from one. And I was supposed to talk to Jerry Olsavsky, inside linebacker coach, and they were giving me the runaround. And I had to walk across campus and I said, We'll take you there. And I'm like, I am not giving up a free ride. Somebody gunned it. I almost fell off the back of it. So I I, I hung on. Mark, you only have two Achilles, I think. So the fact that both of them quit on you in a 10-week span, incredibly unfortunate. Great grit getting through that, baby. Pittsburgh grit getting through that, Mark. Uh, All right, let's dive into training camp a little bit. You had Rudy Sub yesterday, 11 a.m. How was it? Was Uh, it delicious? It was an interesting sight. I walked into campus. They moved practice up by an hour or three hours, and this lovely gentleman with a spectacular mustache approaches me and says, you want a Rudy Sub? I'm from the Pat McAfee show, and I said, of course. So I stuck it in my pocket, and about four hours later, I was back at the room, and nice little snack, so I appreciate it. Now you got to eat those fresh, Mark. What are you putting socks in your pocket for? What are you doing with Mark? Come on. I had no choice. It was a start of practice. (laughs) I just rolled out of bed like five minutes beforehand because they moved it up by four hours. And like I said, a gentleman with a – I can't remember his name. CFO I Phil. CFO Phil. CFO Phil. And he has one spectacular mustache, and I just <laughs> couldn't get over that, and I'm something fine. Four hours later, sandwich tastes good, though. That's great news. That's what Rudy Subs yeah, does. That's right. That's different. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll lead off the questions here to dive into actual football talk. We can't thank you enough for joining us again. You're the first ever repeat Feel the Beat speaker. So wow. congrats on that. Uh, yeah. But Pittsburgh ties maybe gets to me in a little bit, right? Well, the way you speak, for sure. I mean, we like hearing that. That brings us back home. You know, you said around earlier, and it was like fucking a <laughs> uh, real, real move around here. Um, Tomlin said, Trubisky's in the lead, but Kenny Pickett and Mason Rudolph are competing with him. How does this play out? Exactly how we think? Trubisky's going to be the starter, then Pickett's coming in at some point? Or is there an actual opportunity in a world where maybe Mason Rudolph's the starter, Trubisky's the backup, and Kenny Pickett's the third? Like, is it going to work out how we think it is? Is this the first time the Steelers have ever had to deal with something like this in like 18 years? You, you could pretty much rubber stamp Mr. Trubisky starting the season, barring injury. Put on ticker. It, yep. yep. It's, it's just going to happen. That's the way we saw the first two weeks here. He gets all the one snaps. He will likely start Sunday, uh, Saturday's preseason game against it's so bad I don't remember even who they're playing. Uh, That's so right. He'll probably start there. He's got everyone to start there. <laughs> I honestly can't remember Seahawks. who they're playing. Seahawks, 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 Seahawks. It makes no sense. They're coming from Seattle to Pittsburgh for a preseason game, so that's why I get confused. Waste of time. Um, but he's going to start, and it looks like Mason Rudolph will come in second on Saturday, followed Ooh. by Pickett. Now, I think that second spot's still up in the air. It all depends on what they're looking for. Mason's just been fabulous out here, and I don't know Do if people don't want to believe that, but it's true. He's been very, very solid the entire camp. The in, question boys. is, do you want him at number two? That's the question. No. That's the problem. I mean, do you want him at two? Number one. You want That's the issue. Trade him, Mark. Go ahead, AJ. Mark, Mark ain't is... trading or cutting anybody. Yeah. Mark's just keeping it straight with us. Guy had a sub in his pocket for four hours. Yeah. 
<laughs> Go ahead, AJ. Sorry. I bet that thing was nice and warm after cooking next to your leg outside in that hot sun. So it probably uh, tastes pretty good, Mark. But yeah, I, I didn't need the microwave. It. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it was delicious. That's hey, good for you, man. But what about that? What about camp without Ben Roethlisberger? First time in a long time. The big guy's not there on campus. Is there any, Is it feel different? Does it look different? Like, how is Tom one even? Is he any different than he's been in the past? I think Tom was actually enjoying it because it's the first time. I mean, he's been around 15 years now, and he's never had a situation where he had to uh, pick a number one quarterback. It's always been Ben. So he's. I think he's enjoying this maybe a little bit too much of the competition and putting a lot of thought into, as he would say, thoughtfully non-rhythmic of a way to going about his quarterback <laughs> position. And I think he's, like I said, I think he's really enjoying it. Without Ben, you know, I, I thought it would be a lot different, but it doesn't seem like it is very much because Ben didn't participate a ton in training camp over you know, the past five or six years. So you'd always see some of the extra guys, the backup guys here. But, you know, I haven't heard much Ben Roethlisberger talk since I've been here. A lot of turnover on this roster, so that's probably a part reason why. But uh, put it this way, if it keeps being so quiet with Ben Roethlisberger, don't worry, he'll interject. Hi, Hi, Mark. We know, Mark. We know. What do you mean? The standard is the standard. Tone digs your question for Mark. uh, you have watched a lot of great young wide receivers in your time in Pittsburgh. Is the dog George Pickens the best of all of them? Man, we just came off the practice field in about a half hour ago, and they ran a two-minute drill. All right. And that's usually what they do here to prep the guys for the preseason game. And they Mason Rudolph led him down the field in four plays and scored. Obviously. One was like a 50-yard pass, 40-yard pass to Pickens, just smooth as can be. But oh, his touchdown catch, his touchdown catch where he reached over the back of Levi Wallace what? and tipped it to himself and got his feet in had the players going bonkers. I mean, I like to be a little reserved about these guys, but this guy has been one of the best receivers I've seen as a rookie this quickly that I've ever even noticed. I mean, he if he's going to be bad this year, it will be a shock to me. Okay. It will be a disappointment. All right, Mark. How good he is. Mark Boley putting a stamp on George Pickens. He's not the only one. A lot of people that have been watching at St. Vincent's have been saving, saying the same exact thing. Last question before we let you go, Mark. Presley Harvin bombing footballs right now, and how yeah, you know what he was? He struggled on Monday. Mike Tomlin was getting in his face, you know, trying trying to create pressure, controversy with the backup guy who was not as very good as well. But today, <laughs> just up there now, Presley got something in him, man. He had about seven fifty yarders back, you know, with his, his butt on the goalpost there. And he was Back kicking up. 50, 60 yards. He's very inconsistent. That's the, his problem. Well, but today was one of those good days. He was knocking him around. Big guy, likable guy. He just has to get a little bit more consistent, especially with those drops. It's, Maybe you would know. Hey, listen to you. You're sounding like a punting expert in Pittsburgh also. Your drops have to be very, very methodic and robotic because the wind, especially in the AFC North, being consistent is not an easy thing. That is the difference between being great, being good, and being out of the league. I got a lot of faith in Presley figuring it out. How many games the Steelers going to win when Mason Rudolph is starting court? No, I'm sorry. Not Mason, <laughs> not Mason Rudolph. How many games the Steelers going to win this year, Mark? You said 8-8-1 eight, eight, and one last week. Are you planning on the same thing right now? Uh, maybe maybe nine and eight after George Pickens, right? Oh, maybe, maybe bump yeah. it up a Hell little bit, yeah. right? Yeah, I think so. I think you'd have to. No, if Mason's in there, maybe they're in the double digits. Oh! 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 
All right, we appreciate you so much. The first repeat guest on Feel the Beat. Ladies and gentlemen, hop back on that golf cart and keep riding into that beautiful town. Ladies and gentlemen, Mark Abole. One for three, big baseball show, Hall of Fame numbers. Everybody can eat shit. See you in Cooper's time. 333, pal. Hell yeah. Who said that their kid was in the thing? Was that Keith? Keith. Yeah. Keith yeah. Is that the one on TV? Yeah. No. Is it? Yeah. I thought they were. I thought Cooperstown was different. Than, that's Howard J. Lomity Stadium. I thought that's where the regional Did was. Did Iowa beat Wisconsin? Probably not. They fucking jumped out to a 1 0 lead, and then their pitcher, he was throwing fucking meat. So I assume they got I assume they got beat. Meat is not good. No, he's fucking throwing slow right down the middle, and Missouri put a pound on him in the second inning. I've been watching these games. Not, I'm, I'm a new baseball fan with this whole. Wait, it's college World Series? No, literally. Literally. LLWS. Come on. Wake up. Maine beat the brakes off of Massachusetts a couple days ago. Mm-hmm. They're on now, too. Dude. Yes, Yesterday was the big moment that trended uh, Texas and Oklahoma. Yeah, uh-huh. Texas uh, East or Texas West? Texas East. East. Texas East. Texas East. Uh, pitcher, big guy, threw hard, pegged old buddy right in the fucking head. He was all shook up about it, almost killed a kid, he thought. Mm-hmm. Then they hugged each other. Straight up. Yeah. Straight hug with each on other. On the mound. On the mound. Yeah. We're getting my Texas. Did they know each other? I don't know. I have no idea. You hear some of those stories where a guy uh, will strike, a pitcher will strike out a batter. Remember, this was on the internet a couple years ago. High school team. Different Uh, high school team than Little League World Series. I think the way we judge Little League World uh, Series, different than high school, just strictly because I've never been around little fucking humans at that age. I have no idea what to expect. Mm -hmm. Now, I assume that I know how I would have acted much differently than that kid that went to first and hugged the pitcher. I would have been vastly different. I would have been like, this guy fucking stinks. Probably what I would have done as a kid. But what that kid did, honorable, especially in the Little League. The high school kid, the pitcher, state championship, struck out his friend or whatever, and then he ran over instead of celebrating with his team and consoled that guy. I hated every single part. I mean, I couldn't have hated that more. I thought he was a bad teammate. Everybody's saying he's a good guy. I'm like, bad teammate, though. All of his... Literally all of his team wanted to celebrate with him. Oh, nuts. And he's consoling the guy he just fucking didn't have a problem throwing that nasty cutter to yeah. just a couple seconds ago. High schoolers, though, they're a little bit older. You judge them a little bit differently personally. Yeah. Now Portnoy was trending yesterday <laughs> for his comments on and on. I can see how people would take it that way. But the Little League World Series, I've oddly gotten into, I think, this year. And I'm talking shit to people that I know from the States in which Should. these little kids are representing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think that's the best part of it all. I mean, the kids stand on first base, fine. What are you crying for? Who, the pitcher? Yeah, he's fine. He's standing right over there on first base. What are you sobbing for? Because what could have happened? He's living in his fears. He, uh-huh. This is actually a big moment where maybe he, you realize he's going to fuck up. Hey, kid, you're going to fuck up the rest of your life. This is a moment there where he's getting publicly having to go through this lesson. How old are these little league kids? Like 12? Hey, yeah, like 13. 11 to 13. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Junior unless high. 20, like that one. Yeah, guy. Danny Almonte. And now Little League World Series is never better than that year. Well, you're goddamn right. I mean, yeah, he's four years older, throwing so hard. hard. They're about throwing three years so older than you balls. were when you were dealing cigarettes, okay? These kids shouldn't be fucking crying on the mound. All right. All I right. agree. See, I can see that. I can see that take as well. I can see that take as well. I've never been around an 11-year-old. Thanks a lot, uh, fucking video game with foxes jumping around. What's it called? Building, you build Fortnite. Fortnite. Thanks a oh. lot, Fortnite. <laughs> what Fortnite do? <laughs> Ruined kids. How? What happened? Just oh. made them all soft. Fortnite did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that kid's going back to Texas, and he's getting made fun of for the next Especially fifteen Texas. years of his what life. Are, doing? are you kidding me? Is no, Texas I know. not Texas anymore. I know. Dude, which I kid? The guy that gave the hug or the pitcher? The pitcher. I, I think everybody's like. He's eleven fucking years. Exactly. Do any of us know when eleven year old was he crying? He was was yeah. he crying because he hit the kid because he felt like it's a bad pitch? I, I'm not saying 
he might not have thought he killed him. He could have said, man, I just let my team down. Yeah, I thought that when I first saw it, I thought the kid was just a baby and he was crying because he fucking bases were juiced and he knew like, hey, if I don't get out of this inning, guess what? We're not going to we're not going to the Little League World Series and all my teammates are going to hate me. Oh, so it's all right. Whatever the case. He's, but I don't know if a big Keep throwing. No, I don't think they were. I think he was the only guy on. You're going to fuck up. Strike his fucking ass out. Yeah, stop crying about it. It's a much different coaching style, though. You know, what we probably went through. Yeah, probably. You know, with our coaches from Plum, Pittsburgh, than what old buddy's going through in 2022. Yes. Um, Throw some dirt on it. I did have a pretty good cigarette operation by that time. I had already Mm -hmm. been through it a little bit by that age. Amazon warehouse. Bases were juice, we just learned. So maybe he... Bottom of the first. First inning. That doesn't mean anything. Yeah, but I think they were down like 4-3. Like... you know, that kid, he's on an all-star team. He's a stud, and this other team's just fucking shelling him. And it's like, you know, before, you know, I think he was probably just like, oh, no, we're going to lose. Oh, he's embarrassed that it was all happening on TV. I think so, probably. Grow up. Hey, you're going to toughen up, kid. I, I've been through situations like this. And look at that other guy. Was that other kid talking shit to him? Yeah, that'd be sweet. Was that hug like a... Uh, it's all right, pal. Don't worry about it. Fuck you, bitch. We can handle the situation. Yeah, like, like Safe MJ, travels like MJ home. and Larry. What if he was just like... What if it was? Yeah. Hey, don't worry about it, man. You're not good enough to be out here anyways. <laughs> That'd be awesome. This is your coach's fault for even putting you in now this position. Talking. You have no control at all. I mean, we've been just bombing on oh, you. Mm-hmm. It's on TV. This is a shame. Come on. Come on in. <laughs> he drops the MJ. You bitch. Fuck you. And then just goes back to his base. A lot of yeah, how'd, the, to how'd the rest of the game go? Do we know how the kid pitched after that? Did Texas Southern win that game? Did, yeah, did Texas West win that game? Texas, ah, did Texas, Texas East, East win that thing? Eastern Texas, like the big green, you fucking asshole. Yeah. Now you got two. Texas West also yeah, in, the, in Texas, the hunt. Texas West was playing the day before. Against really? Oklahoma. And yeah. Oklahoma sent him home. Really? So Oklahoma's game, maybe that hug was just like sons of bitches from the other just side. Just like Texas West. Texas East wins 9 4. Wow. Way to go. I'm happy that it's all worked out. Now you have to question the kid to hug the kid. Did he motivate him back to being a good yeah. pitcher? Ah, that's a shame. <laughs> Nonetheless, they're young. I don't know. We need to. Before he went for the hug, he uh, he just yells, you're fine. Come on. Well, see, now we don't know if that was the tone in which it was said. <laughs> <laughs> this is a Zeno reenactment. Take, take, take yeah, I mean, Because those, those words can be said in many different right. ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're fine. Come on. What do you think Marco Boli thought of the whole thing, Tashman? <laughs> All right, let's go to the phones. Mark Boley needs to become a mainstay. He does. Yeah. He does. On You're fine. Come on. Doesn't it feel like he's just like, blah, all the time? Yeah. Uh-huh. We are in his way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, he does, we are asking well, him a question. Bro, he tore both of his Achilles. Ten-week span. He had In that picture, he had one, like, looked like a compression yeah, type deal on his right Achilles, I believe. Feel the beat is fucking awesome. We should win an Emmy for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then maybe the mic'd up segment with mm-hmm. NFL Films. Mm-hmm. The thing about it is NFL Films will submit it. Yeah, true. Yeah. There's zero chance we will. They'll put that reel together. Here, Marco Boli has responded to the golf cart uh, situation. <laughs> Dumb. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's the best, dude. Marco Boli. Legend. I'm really happy we could potentially introduce Pittsburgh to a lot of people, probably, this particular show. Oh, yeah. yes. I think that is definitely something. Absolutely. Let's go to Mead in Los Angeles on the 5 Energy phone line. Mead, what's going on? Yo, keep it going, whatever, man. I, I'm going to let <laughs> that Mark to the right of Ty oh, know on. that he's got to keep his mouth shut about this damn Celtics trade. Now the story's coming out that they want to offer Tatum and Brown. 
Look what well, you're doing, man. You're undervaluing the, the guy. That's This so guy's Mark, if he you? believes that's real. <laughs> what's wrong with you, Carter? Huh? I mean, this. Huh? Hey, huh? is he still on? Yeah, he's still on. Okay, well, this guy, I'm you are a complete here. Mark, pal, if you think that that Brown Tatum thing was real. You're saying he's Read a book, okay, pal? He says a means more like a book. Yeah, he's a fool. He thinks that that's a real thing. Of course, it's been out there since the Oh, Mark in LA. Mark. All right, that's it for the show. Okay, <laughs> we've done enough. Today was one of one for the books. It was. Uh, yeah. Had to feel the beat. Had yep. a major announcement. I mean, we broke down litigation again. Yeah, that seems to be really in our breadbasket. And we <laughs> talked about human development. You know, yeah, year olds, thirteen year olds, Just teaching lessons, and you end it with a good old fashioned mark off. Yeah, gotta <laughs> love it. <laughs> Nothing better. Thank you, Hard Knocks, for bringing today. Thank you, Thank you, MCDC. Hey, the little, the uh, little uh, preview for the for the, Car- Cardinals. the Cardinals was got me interested too a little bit. I know you had a you had a great idea of, of Kyler what studying some game film. Hey, we're that just should be the next one. We're just publicly brainstorming a little bit with the NFL films people who are, at that point in the conversation people didn't know are our partners now, mm-hmm. but now that they mm-hmm. are our partners, I mean, I'll, we'll, we'll keep firing ideas at them. I'm sure they'll listen. I'm sure they'll. Listen. I do wonder how JJ Watt's feeling because Keith was like, we need to find someone notable, you know, no words, just have them on the screen, and they chose Hopkins and not, you know, JJ Watt. Oh, shit. No, they said they got like five different shots. Remember this? Hey, why does uh, said no word? Why Kaboli uh, dunk on Roethlisberger as you said wow. towards the end of the comment? <laughs> well, Mark Kaboli is a beat writer for the Steelers. He knows the Steelers inside out, and that means he knows Ben inside out. Which he and told, he's just reporting the truth. He told the exact truth. Ben Roethlisberger is going to have a daily show on DVE this season. <laughs> uh-huh. Or on what? DVE. WDVE 102.5. Get it right or pay a price. Rocks. You haven't heard the last from Ben, believe us. Yeah, Ben's going to be a guy this year. Well, you said he'll, if, he, if they're not talking about Ben, we know he will interject himself. Yeah. That's what Kabul is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah cause that's, exactly. Is that how all Pittsburgh feels? Yes. Yeah. Do you not remember? He would do these local interviews with DVE probably on like a Monday or Tuesday after a win. Everything's going fine. Every, they would win on Sunday. He would do these local interviews. And I don't think he was meaning to do it. It was just naturally how he spoke. Yeah, we got a couple offensive linemen that don't really know the plays, so we got to work on that. <laughs> we got some wide receivers that really don't focus hard enough, but we'll work on all that. And then the headlines are like, Ben Roethlisberger buries wide receivers, buries offensive linemen. Then they, the Steelers have to come out. We're not dealing with any outside noise or stresses. Then literally the next week, yeah, running back had the wrong play like 45 times, <laughs> so we had to figure that out. Like He would just naturally – bury people but i don't think ben knew he was bearing like i think it honestly was yeah. like oh he definitely didn't think he was but obviously you would think the experience he has speaking to the media and leading a team you naturally wouldn't do those kind of things and that happened his entire career it wasn't just like well, the boot too i mean he's famous for the walking boot and the ice on his knees all of like the pictures from camp and all post-game pressers yeah. yes bingo and that's just going to get pulled away out of nowhere. Did you see that victory lap he took in uh, Heinz Field oh, when yeah. it was Ackershire, that was, before it was Ackershire? That was great. I agree. Was, I concur completely. But I think a lot of Pittsburgh fans are like, Ben's taking one, taking Tractor another round. Mm-hmm. Right. He deserves it. So I think the expectation around Pittsburgh is they appreciate everything Roethlisberger has done for Pittsburgh and for the Steelers. But also they know Ben better than anybody else. And Ben's going to make us about Ben if he can. Just one, two, three, four, five more times. <laughs> yeah, he ain't going to fluff it up. He's going to fucking tell the truth, okay? Yeah, I'm sure he's going to come out and talk. Okay. Yeah, when I was with Mason Rudolph, yeah. Mason's like starter 5-0 and at the time. I remember Mason threw 15 picks in that one practice. Well, he he's never. <laughs> he does hate Mason, which I do appreciate. 
Well, fucking Kaboli's like. Why not Mason? Yeah. Mason ain't ever going to get a fair shot at this thing because fucking Yenzers <laughs> are down on him, but <laughs> he threw a perfect ball, basically what Kaboli yeah, said. That's what he said today. Mm-hmm. Four for four. Why are you guys so negative? You, is it because he's not Italian? Is it you Italians or teaming yeah, up? Best guy plays. I thought Rudolph is Italian. What? I thought he was Italian. Didn't he go to Plum? If he went to Plum, he would be Italian. I'll tell you what I've, I've thought about this many, many <laughs> times. Not. I think if he had facial hair, I think he'd be fine. If he grew a beard, it'd be like a new version of him? All like, of this seems like reasonable things to hate him for. His face just seems... <laughs> He's always got a bunch of sweat on his upper lip, and it bothers you me. You want to take on Miles Garrett? He will always have bonk face, and you yeah. can't get rid of that. It does, no one will ever forget the look on his face after he got bonked with that helmet. His helmet. Uh-huh. Yeah, his when own his helmet. His face mask was screwed off. Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah, there's the other one. Just think about Pittsburgh, you know? Like, think about everything you've learned about Pittsburgh. A guy representing the Pittsburgh Steelers playing against Cleveland on primetime television got his own helmet ripped off and then bonked in the head with it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, it's an unfortunate look for Mason. It really is. But honestly, if you line up anybody on the planet and say, hey, you want, can Miles Garrett get your helmet off and bonk you in the head with it? I'd say, yeah, I think there's a pretty good chance he can get mine off. I do think him eating it is something that has been just forgotten. But him eating the top, by the way, that's a hard part of the helmet. That's a hard part. That's where everything comes together. That could have given him a nasty cut. Could have split his head in two. Take skull. Miles Garrett's played quarterback against, or played against a lot of quarterbacks. He only did it to one, okay? So doesn't that make you happy that he Cleveland Brown got so mad? Nothing about Mason Rudolph makes anyone happy. He ate his helmet. I mean, that's pretty good. Then the top, look at grit on this guy. That made me happy. Oh, yeah, he tied the lines. Exactly. Tied the lines. That was the top guy game, though. lose football games. All respect to Duck, too, but, you know, lost the starting job to Duck, who's... Yeah, that was long ago. Was Duck's before. a dog. What are we talking I, about? No, Duck is a dog. Duck's got a podcast right now, right? He does. Yeah. yeah. yeah the duck well, I think he just got his realtor's license, too, so congrats, Duck. Hey, let's Duck, go, let's go! Hey, you used to say in that video? Quack, Register to vote. Huh? Register to vote. Hell yeah. Fucking duck. Midterms coming up. It was duck season for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah. We saw duck start in against Buffalo to like uh, with the playoffs on yeah. the line. That was a big that was a big night. We we're down on a field warm-ups with duck. Duck season was a good I, time. I was live in person at Paycor Stadium. Uh nah, when, it's just a jungle then. Just a jungle then. Uh when Mason started the game and couldn't do a thing and then Duck came in and won the game for him. So maybe I'm a little And you were loud in Cincinnati, yeah. I assume. Yeah. When Duck got introduced second to last, right? It was him, then TJ, when you guys were in. Yeah, they went offense, defense. Yeah, yeah. I think they introduced every, every starter. Every other, yeah, yeah. Every starter. <laughs> That's what I thought. They didn't announce Roquan Smith at uh, Chicago Bears camp yesterday. Oh, well. They uh, what? That organization. I guess they were doing an announcing of uh, positional players for practice in front of the fans. They did not announce Roquan Smith. They did announce other linebackers. Right, Zito? Yes, That's sir. the story? That is the story. Is now, he there? Uh, yes, he yep. is there. Remember, he's he has to line. be. They'll find him 50 grand a day. That's not what yeah. the Bears said, but they could do that. He's on a PUP, I believe, still. Yes. So he has to show up. He's in the building. Is it uncomfortable? Who knows? Uh, Ian Rappaport, the one who is the one who put out Roquan's notes section. So that wasn't even Roquan's social media. That's on us for not giving Ian Rappaport enough credit yesterday for being the one to release that. Rappaport would go on to say, and I think he spoke to somebody, I forget the name, and I apologize for that, that he's looking to make more money than Darius Leonard and reset the linebacker market. Um, because he's up, and that's kind of the way it goes normally in contract negotiations. He's representing himself, so there'll be a lot of people that'll bury him for that. But I think this is 
Probably smart and good business. He also probably knows that the Bears won't be able to do that and maybe he would like to move on in the middle of this rebuild. We shall see how this plays out. He did basically give a call to the ownership, though, at the end of his notes section. It said, if Yins won't get involved and get this amateur out of the way, we can figure things out. But the Bears and Roquan have a lot to figure out. And with that being said... The Bears have a lot to figure out. What is this season going to be for Chicago? We need to get. We need to feel the beat in Chicago at some yeah, point. Yeah, have to. Because it feels bad right now. It does. It feels bad. It feels good in Detroit. Mm-hmm. It feels bad in Chicago. Yeah. It feels Which, good in Minnesota. Yeah. It feels good in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. So Chicago feels like the only ones in the NFC North that don't have any good vibes going right now. And it's just because they're brand new GM, brand new coach. And they're in a rebuild, and this Roquan Smith thing is just kind of hanging over everybody's head. Well, and like with the new head coach GM, and granted this isn't the case for all of them, but like Miami, new head coach feels great. Jacksonville, even new head coach, everyone seems to feel great. Las Vegas, right now it Vegas feels great. We don't know what great. that means though. Yeah, but Chicago does not the feel vibe, right. I mean, well, it could easily not turn around though. if they win the first couple of games. Like this doesn't mean anything once the season starts. Well, if you win, nothing matters. But I mean, the Patriots, like you got to be kind of worried about what's happening there. I was saying earlier, I can't wait to watch their first preseason game. I just want to see kind of the operation early on. Yeah, the Patriots shit is wild. Right tomorrow now. night, you get it your is. chance. Yes, every head on who they playing. We all have times. we all have faith in Bill. Like, oh, Bill, Bill knows what he's doing. Yes, he absolutely does. But let's see how this one plays out. It's a new one. Who's we all, by the way? When I say we all, I mean myself. <laughs> well, that's not proper English. And I assume a couple other people. No, us too. Not, Me too. I think in here not too. We I'm not all, saying though, I'm, a I lot don't, of people. Yeah, like we, we have faith in Bill. I definitely do because he has the resume and he is an absolute guru genius. I do like everything doesn't work. I'm not saying it's not going to. I just I really want to see what it looks like, like the operation. Okay, what does Mac look like? Can they even get in and out? Like, do they look like they know what they're doing? Every headline. Out of New England. And I, this seems to be, I guess, a normal occurrence. We don't follow along close enough. Everybody's talking about how terrible that fucking offense looks. And yeah. Bill Belichick is just eating all this. Mm-hmm. By the way. He's just eating all of that. And I'm on the same page as you. Bill Belichick will figure it out. Bill they always Belichick start slow, don't they? Yeah, because they, football doesn't matter till after Thanksgiving yeah. or whatever. Like yep. They enjoy the process and the growth. But there's a lot of victory laps happening by Dan Orlovsky and those who said that this is going to be a problem for Mac Jones in his second year. And inevitably, Bill Belichick will get to the last laugh in the end. We assume that's how our camp is. But there's a chance, I guess not, right, Connor? Yeah, I guess definitely. And like last year, we started out 2-4, and four, still ended up in the playoffs. So there is that like first quarter time where it's like, hey, we're still trying to figure things out in the teams that we play also. We'll probably still be trying to figure things out, so there's hope in that. But because he is Coach GM, if there is a problem with the offensive line and they're not getting it done, like you have to assume Bill, as he's done in the past, whether it be to get a wide receiver or a pass rusher, like maybe he will go out and grab a tackle or a lineman that might, you know, mix it up and help out the team a little bit. I guess it's the offensive line just looks like trash. Yeah. Yeah, I heard the D line's dominating. Yeah, D line's our best part of our team. By far the strongest group. And seven on sevens, I guess Mac looks good. Picking them apart. It looks good. So, so he has time. When he has time, yeah, of course. Yeah, I guess that's any quarterback in the NFL who can throw. If they have time, they're able to go. But how will they be able to figure that out here in the next few weeks? We will see. We assume they'll be able to. Uh, more breaking news around the NFL. Art Stapleton has changed his Twitter header. What? What? Yeah. yeah there Hell we are. yeah. Hell yeah. Art. Thank you, Art. Love you, Art. Hey, you were great on the show, too, Art. We appreciate you allowing us to be a part of your goddamn Twitter header, pal. Dog. Sweet. Uh, look at that. The visor on the helmet he has there too looks nice is that obj yeah yeah he i didn't appreciate him saying like thibodeau people are like giants fans are a little jaded 
about Odell Beckham and the way he acted. He's not like you. He's not like Odell. He's kind of doing his own thing. And I appreciate that because that's that's what the beat brings us. It brings us like how the locals feel and how the team feels that we would never know. They probably are scared to death of another Odell Beckham Jr. situation where the guy is incredibly talented, but for whatever reason, distraction-wise, they had to get out. Now he's a Super Bowl champion, almost an MVP. Yeah. <laughs> Super yeah. Bowl. They're like, how do we not have that situation happen again? And also, six wins this year is not a lot at all. They're no. setting that expectation very low in the Giants. Yeah, and Dayball is supposed to be a guru, so maybe you know, he figures it out with Dan Jones. And also, like the Thibodeau thing was very surprising, at least I thought, because Everything leading up to the draft is this guy so Turd. different. Yeah, he's Turd. weird. They're all scared of him because off the field, yeah. how, just like he was, Talks what they thought crypto. he was like selfish yeah. or he made different comments. Like, come on, man. This guy talked about crypto to us, said he's investing in Bitcoin. It's a different time. It's a different time than it was 20 years ago, too. <laughs> Do you remember, like, a lot of people were saying that we had somebody on our show, I forget who it was, we were like, can we get a, like, a, what do you mean? Like, he just talks about things that most football guys don't talk about, like crypto and both. He loves yeah. NFTs. Yeah. And it's like, what? This is the reason why this guy's a Miles turd? Garrett's writing poetry and doing, like, Miles Garrett was like, he came in, like, wasn't he on Hard Knocks? And he's uh-huh. super open about all, like, he doesn't do what a typical football player does off the field, I feel like. Thibodeau was number one overall, like, a year before yeah. he even came yeah. out. And then all of a sudden, yep, guy, not a guy uh-huh. that you want. It's like, who started that rumor? Because that type of distraction thing is real, so much so that Thibodeau became a guy that people were like, do you even want this guy on your team? Even though whenever he wasn't eligible to be drafted, everybody was like, what this fucking guy on our team? It's crazy. Because if he ends up being a dog, which it sounds like he's going to be, like, what can we take serious from any of the draft process? Nothing. It's cool to hear that he's like, he's about... He's about business. Like he came in like ready to work and not not caring about all the outside stuff. That's pretty sweet. Well, Bitcoin's done. Yeah, yeah so he's got yeah. it kind of. True. Hey, whatever motivates you, man. Whatever We're such takes. assholes. Okay, we need to stop being such big assholes. We'll try to do that tomorrow. Okay. Hashtag PMS NFL Films right now. Uh, take oh, a yeah. screenshot. Use hashtag PMS NFL Films. Uh, put your cash tag in there. Say something nice to somebody and use a screenshot that you just took from us. We'll give 15 people $500 on this Winter Wednesday. We can't thank you enough for watching. We can't thank the NFL Films enough for that partnership that's gonna hopefully going to take our show to a whole nother level. AJ, can't thank you enough, pal. What a day, AJ. Great day. Great day, guys. Great day by you. Uh, Ty and Connor, great work. Diggs, great work. Big thanks to Ken Rogers and Keith Costro of NFL Films. Keith Costro, real point person for the deal that we made with NFL Films. So big thanks to him and everybody over there. Everybody over there has been included. Uh, Nick Underhill, Art Stapleton, Mark Caboli, and uh, to all the NFL players in training camp, we appreciate your service right now. We understand it's not great, but keep on going because the season's right around the corner. Hell yeah. We'll be back tomorrow with a show and a preseason game to chit-chat about Woo. from the New England Patriots. Uh, tomorrow should be much better. Let's hope it is. Hashtag PMS NFL Films. Goodbye. Have a good one. 